get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Opening drive on 101 ESPN in St. Louis is 7 o'clock. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Brooke Grimsley and Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carriker. It's great to have you with us. How are we doing today, kids, on Friday Eve? Friday Eve is a great day. It I'm is. Good. It is. Friday Eve is here. It is. It's, it's We're a here. good day. It's a good day. I have my shake. I have my coffee. What's in your shake? Um, it's just oh, a that. slim okay. fast uh, Okay, it's shake. one in a bottle, yeah. <laughs> I thought you went to... Uh, McDonald's on no, you couldn't have done that because the McDonald's shake machine never, never works. It yeah. never does. Shake machine's broke. Sorry. How's that, how that even a thing? How's that possible <laughs> at know. every McDonald's across the country? Every because I I think they just don't want to clean it is that or what put it, it is? together. Yeah, that makes sense. That, that it's makes lazy sense. people. It's uh, not fun. When I worked at Chick Fil A, putting together the dream machine because the ice dream machine is what okay. they call it. Mm-hmm. It's not ice cream. If you notice when they put it on there, they it's say not. ice dream. Oh. And what is it? It's What's a in pain. It? Um, it's like a, I don't know if I'm allowed to reveal the Chick-fil-A secrets. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like a powdery substance. I don't know if it's still okay. like that now. Okay. What's the secret to the chicken? The secret to the chicken is marinating it in, um, they marinate it in like pickle juice. Mm. It's high quality chicken. I promise you guys, and maybe this is a great endorsement for Chick-fil-A. I used to work for you guys. Mm-hmm. It was my first job. Yeah. Okay. That is one of the few places I will actually go back restaurant-wise that I worked at that I will actually go back and eat because I learned so much about how to properly clean utensils, huh. all Very that nice. different kind of stuff. And I'll tell you this. One of the finest people I know is Dave Bruce up at the is the um, Dave Pear location for mm-hmm. Chick-fil-A. The management people that Chick-fil-A hires for each and every one of their stores are spectacular. They're the best managers that I've ever run across in any industry. They have extremely high standards, extremely high. Like you, if you come in, even if you're hired to work the register, you have to work at least the one that I did at every single position. So I was a fry Mm. cook for a little bit. Mm -hmm. I had to work like special orders. They have somebody who specifically works on that. It's a really good place. And you worked at uh, in, in the Nicheville area? Yeah. Can you give us a my pleasure, for, uh, please? My pleasure. Is, is it's it? my pleasure. My pleasure. My okay. pleasure. I, I did get, for a while, it took me a long time to get away from that. <laughs> Matthew still does it every day. You do? At did the you end work, of the show? Were you a Chick-fil-A employee? Uh, yo, but I, I don't do it because, yeah, I wasn't a Chick-fil-A employee. I was I was much more. <laughs> you just want to say my I was pleasure. Just pl- I, yeah. I for, it started, I, for, I forgot exactly how it started that I, I was saying pleasure. I started like. Literally, like my second or third month here, so it's been, I've been doing it for over a year now. It's great. Just I just say pleasure at the end of the show. So you I don't know why. Chick Fil A. Apparently, no. I was more of a Smoothie King person. So, guys, during <laughs> the outset, when they they rolled out the vaccine during the pandemic, 
there was a line in one of the Carolinas, like a, a half mile long or mile long line of cars. And what they did is there was a Chick-fil-A across the street. They went and got the Chick-fil-A manager and said, hey, can you come and fix this line? And he came over in like 10 minutes. Everything was humming. <laughs> and people were getting their drive through vaccines. It was unbelievable. Do, so do the Cardinals need Chick-fil-A? That would help. Uh, like, yeah, good management. That would help. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's one game, and they—they—it's oh, one game before they head across the pond. So check it, those old standings. You guys I aren't mean, giving that, that, that no. You guys aren't giving Adam Wainwright enough credit for being a Chick Fil A super fan and imposing oh, that yeah. kind of style into the Cardinals locker room. He used to have like an eight-foot-tall cow that said, eat more chicken. Remember he had a second locker? And it, it had, yes. he, he had the eight-foot-tall cow <laughs> that said, with the sign on it that said, eat more, chi- eat more chi- chicken. Eat yeah. more chicken. Yes. That's what it was. Yes. The Cardinals did fall yesterday, and yeah, I'm just checking the standings here. Uh, they're only four games back of fourth-place Pittsburgh. You're the only one the clapping, Rocky. <laughs> yeah. How many games back are they in the division? Uh, nine. Okay. Nine now. How many games under 500? They have a Third. record at, as we speak, of 13. 31 wins, 44 losses. That would be 13 under, according to my math. And in the wild card standings in the National League, the Cardinals are 10 and a half oh, no. behind the Dodgers. <laughs> uh, as Mo might say, not great. Here's uh, here, here's yesterday's highlight. Outfield deep and around to the left. And this one. Coming back to Stone Garrett, and the Nets have their second shutout of the year. That's Bob Carpenter on Nationals TV. And that was the Cardinal highlight that the game ended. Oh, man. <laughs> 3 nothing loss to the uh, the Washington Nationals. I don't, I don't feel I, I want to be happy, guys. I told you guys this week. Hey. I want to be happy and feel good well, about this. And I, I'm really trying to because I feel like there's two ways to look at this series. It was a good so performance. Three. Early on in the series to win it. Okay, so we feel good about that. They also scored a combined, what was it, 30 runs in their previous four games going into yeah. yesterday. Or you can look at it as uh, sweeps and streaks are preferred when you're this far behind and you dug yourself in a pretty big hole. Here's the thing, though. They're looking ahead to London, right? They, yesterday, they, they aren't thinking about that game. They're, uh, they're, they're, no, they're no, thinking no, about no, a trip no, to London. No, 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 no. They need to be focused on every game. Oh. They don't have any getaway days. They don't have any days that they can just, uh, you know, not go out there and, and perform well. And I, I, not that they weren't, weren't trying. They just didn't win. So and It happens. Yeah, uh, Brooke had positives from this trip. What about the Cardinal skipper, Ali Marmol? It was a good series, um, good trip. The guys are playing extremely well. Um, offensively, our guys, we didn't score today, but our guys actually feel pretty good about where we're at. Um, up and down our lineup, guys are feeling pretty good. And uh, I felt like we fought hard in certain games. We were able to come back in certain games. Our um, Miles today did a really nice job. Jack fought through his outing, got us to the seven. So overall, I felt like... Uh, certain pieces are starting to come together. You look at it, the outfield play, it's much, much better. Good relay today to get a guy at third. Nice play by Newt, diamond play there. So overall, I feel like there's a lot of things that are happening that are very positive and, and pointing in the right direction as far as the style of play that we're used to seeing and we need to play in order to get to where we want to get to. So um, I take this trip as a positive so far. So, we, guys, we do 12 segments a day here from 7 to 10 a.m. <laughs> right? uh, we have, like, six good segments, and I'm going to take it as a positive. 
Uh, I don't. I don't know that that's gonna be great. <laughs> I don't think that's gonna keep us going every seven to ten, Monday through Friday. It might be. Uh, might be a little difficult to to continue to work if I that were the case. Appreciate the positivity, however. I, I will say this in in not in his defense, but for the Cardinals, the starting pitchers in this series, each one of them got you into the seventh inning, mm-hmm. which you. You want that. You 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 need that from your starting pitcher. So now your bullpen isn't getting, you know, blasted. Jack Flaherty had a rough outing the first uh, first inning or so of that game when he started, but he figured it out. Jordan Montgomery gave you seven, though, and and yesterday Michaelis gave you seven as well. So that is something that is to be positive about. And then you had Jordan Hicks who performed well when he got his opportunities to save those games. It's one game, obviously, but. The, the opportunities that were missed, there was an opportunity in the seventh inning where you get a runner on first and second, no outs, and you don't score. And yeah. so those types of opportunities, you just can't have that happen when you're trying to make up so, such a far deficit in this division. Exactly. Sweeps and streaks. That's what I want to see. I want to see what have we been talking about all season? A sense of urgency, yeah. a sense of urgency from this group because they haven't been playing well and they dug themselves in this hole. And I will give them credit for winning this series and battling back. It made me happy. I, it made me happy seeing their ability to fight back. I felt like we've been missing that so far. The body language looked really good amongst the guys. Winning helps that. Winning is the cure-all for unhappiness and sadness and maybe even some not cheering in the dugout. And we saw more <laughs> of that during this, se- this series. Yeah. But what's hard for me is when you see a game where they wasted seven innings of two-run ball from Miles yeah. Michaelis for his fourth straight loss. Yeah, and also, true. I don't like when Trevor Williams looks good, too, T-Dub. out there. Yeah, he's been around the block, you know. Hasn't been great. Pittsburgh Mets, yeah, he's he's as of late. No, he, he has not. So the Cardinals fall three nil off today, off tomorrow, and then they will be in London on Saturday and Sunday to take on the Cubs, and we will be at Patios on Saturday for the Big League Impact London Watch Party, and we hope that you'll join us there. All you need to do is go to 101ESPN.com for more information, and we'll have a pair of tickets later on in the show. Okay. Before we get to our next thing, i got to tell you guys a fun story. 1987, the NFL, there was a strike. And they used replacement players. The movie, The Replacements, is based on the 1987 NFL players' strike. The St. Louis football Cardinals had a linebacker named Nico Noga, war number 57, starting middle linebacker. He goes out on strike with all of his teammates. To replace Nico Noga... The St. Louis football Cardinals sign his brother, Pete Noga, make him their starting middle <laughs> linebacker, and give him Nico's number 57. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> so, what am I, well, easy for the broadcasters, though. Noga makes the tackle, <laughs> right? Uh, so that brings us to uh, St. Louis City SC last night. They fall to Real Salt Lake. 3-1 Nico. Nico scores in his third straight match. Stroud goes again. Low delivery. Oh. Pompeo pushes it wide, looking for Joe Akini inside, it's there! Nico Joe Akini can't stop scoring! Thank you, Nico. Uh, that yeah. equalized the game 1-1 on the pitch in the 21st minute, but City gave up two tallies in the second half on the pitch to stay winless in their last four matches. That's, the, I mean, based off how the season started, obviously no one expected them to be this good to start the season off, but... The, the four 
games without having a win is matches. Sorry, for matches without <laughs> having a win on the pitch in their kids has not been. Um, it's not good, and and I, I'm starting to wonder if that is due to some of the injuries. Louvin, Klaus, you know, those guys suffering those injuries, not scoring the goals in the way that they had been earlier in the season. Well, since they've left, and I hope that this isn't just a bad omen, since Louvin hasn't been there, they haven't lost, or they've lost those two games, and they've been outscored 6-2. to two. Well, and they've lost, but here's yes. what's going to happen. He's going to get healthy, and they're going to start, they're, they're going to get moving with Louvin. <laughs> You're going to get moving with Leuven. Thank you. Okay. Or should I just say, you're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> you, you just did that. Here's a, here's a text from the 636. Randy, did you know that Suge Knight was a replacement player for the Rams? I did not know that. I don't know if that's oh. true either. But I uh, wonder if anybody gets shot in the parking uh, lot. I don't know. I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> He's a big guy, though. He wound up in jail at one point, didn't he, for he, shooting a guy? I think he's still in jail. Uh, I think it was for... Or did he run oh, over him yeah, twice? Ran over for yeah, he run. ran over him and then backed over him. Yeah, not great. Yeah. <laughs> what, sometimes you get spoiled when you have those big old four-wheelers. <laughs> you can't see things. I'm sure that there's a good enough excuse for that. But <laughs> after, the sec- after the first one, you might realize, yeah. no, don't do that. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. According to Wikipedia. Uh, he went undrafted in 87... Uh, was invited to the L.A. Rams training camp. He was cut by the Rams, but then became a replacement player during the 87 player strike and played two games. Was he still named Suge at the time? Uh, it is Marion. Marion? Yeah, I believe he was going by Marion at the time. Okay. Marion Knight. That's not as okay. scary as Suge. No, it's not. Yeah, there was the fact that his Knight. childhood nickname was Sugar Bear, yeah. and that's what Suge came from. Uh-huh. Sugar Bear. Yep. Mm-hmm. Hey, did you guys hear about the submarine company? Oh no! I've been I've been deep into the submarine coverage. No pun intended. That company company is going under. Oh my God, Randy! I I was that was too soon. This well, I mean, Randy, I can tell you this, and and I've been thinking about this heavily the last couple of days. There's not any black people on that ship, Randy. (laughs) (laughs) Just gonna tell you. You, I I looked at the pictures. Brooke showed me the video, and I'm like. Any, I don't think any. I, I know, you know, I know a lot of black people. I don't know that any black person would have gotten on that ship. That's just no. Right, yeah. right. no. Hey, there's no women on the ship either. Weird, no women on the ship well, either. Carrie, Carrie, TTWPS. What? TTWPS. Just think about it. Okay, I'll think about that. Uh, so we're off and running here. I'm 101 ESPN. That's a lot of, we that's a lot of acronym. Letters. Yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, you're gonna have to tell okay. me that later. So we, we we know who the idiots are. <laughs> I I feel somewhat bad for it. Two hundred dollars. Rock doesn't feel yeah. bad for them whatsoever. I, I feel either. slightly bad. I feel slightly bad. Here's the thing. I will. I, the I think it's, guy. I don't feel that bad for. Brooke, I saw the movie. I know. I don't uh, need to go down there. Well, well, here's the thing. That when I, this is when I would have got off because you showed me the video, Brooke. What what was controlling this submarine? It was like a Nintendo game switch. <laughs> a PlayStation <laughs> game controller. Yep. That yep. is when I say, yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah. Who in the hell wants to do what? Nah, I don't know, man. That was uh, yeah. that was that was that was a I tough decision. I don't think decision. they're gonna find them. They they're not gonna find them. They there was like a little bit of glimmer of hope yesterday, just for your submarine update. If anybody wants their submarine update, there was a glimmer of hope because they thought they heard some banging. Now they say that it is just maybe ocean sounds yeah it's a retrieve oh the the thump thump that they heard yeah they were hoping that that was maybe them (laughs) and i think it's gone from uh 
a rescue mission, to not now to a retrieval mission. They were allegedly supposed to run out of oxygen this morning. Yeah, they had 40 hours a couple of days ago, I yeah. thought. Something like that. It, it's, I don't think that that's a, I don't think that that was a wise decision. No, you had not. to sign, they had to sign like three different waivers that yeah. they could potentially die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In fairness, it has worked a bunch of times before. In fairness, oh, the controller is a PlayStation controller. They use like they use like PlayStation controllers for like some military stuff too. Yeah, I'm cool. So you would do it? Absolutely freaking <laughs> no, no. I am. Te- I have always said this. I am ten times more afraid than the deep ocean than I am space. And I know this Hamish guy, the billionaire, has been to space before. I would go. Well, that's one thing. Deep ocean's worse. I read a story this morning that we have more knowledge about the topography of Mars and the moon than we have of the bottom of the ocean. There you go. Mm. You don't know what the heck is down there. Oh, no, I'm good. I'm okay. So so those people are right down there with with Jack now. Oh, Rose! Oh, Rose! Rose? Made no, it Rose made it. Rose well, made it. And the big she heart loved Jack. Of, remember yeah. Yeah. The, the, the big heart diamond? Though it's was it a heart that she threw down? What yes. the hell was she doing? What it was the Hope Diamond? The Hope Diamond, something like yes. that. Yes, so they're down there with that now. Wow! Oh, it's not great. It's a fully mm. immersive live experience <laughs> of the Titanic. I'm not live. Immersive. <laughs> immersive is the operative word here. Coming up next on 101 ESPN, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. 314-399-Yo-Ho! If you're sick of claustrophobia, which I'm guessing these, well, these people are beyond <laughs> sick now. Oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> and you're sick of it, text in to, what, to us on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. ESPN. Bradley Beal's wife was the genesis for this very segment a few years ago when he was a member of the Washington Wizards. Now he's a member of the Phoenix Suns. But uh, he was scoring tons and tons and tons of points for the Wizards, and they were still losing. And one particular night after he scored 47 and they lost, she just went on the Twitter machine and just typed three words. Sick of it. (laughs) And I, I always thought it was more of the Valley Girl. Sick of it. And Michelle always thought it was Sick of it. But either way, <laughs> it was the genesis for this segment, which is sick of it here on 101 ESPN. Uh, and uh, guys, I'll tell you what I'm, I'm sick of. I am sick of the fact that the Cardinals have these star players, and they are star players. Arenado, Goldschmidt, Wainwright, Miles Michaelis has been an all-star. Paul Young has been an all-star. Yet, the Arizona Diamondbacks, San Francisco Giants, Miami Marlins, and Cincinnati Reds are all in playoff position with less than 100 games left in the season. I am sick of it. Oh, nice. They're a second-half team. Yeah. So you know this. They get hot as the weather gets hotter. There you go. It's starting to get warm now outside. What okay. is the second? Six, 640? What was the what was the record in the second half of the season? Was it like 600? Six-something? Uh, oh, w- w- over the last six years? Yeah. 597. Almost 600. Which would get them to like 80 wins this year. Wow. 80 and 82. They'll be That's... right there. Mm-hmm. And a divisional championship. I yeah. just said it. You know what I'm sick of, Randy? What? Brooke? I'm sick of cold coffee. For the life of me, I don't understand it. I don't understand Did why. Do you have it again this morning? I, I, cold, no, no, no. I'm talking like iced coffee. Oh. I don't understand oh, okay. 
the purpose. So you were talking about Starbucks yesterday giving yeah, you cold Starbucks coffee. Starbucks gave me cold coffee yesterday. But they normally do a good job. That was an off day. I'll give them a pass. Okay. <laughs> cold coffee. Iced coffee. I don't understand it. I'm sick of people ordering. I, I don't like when people ask me, have the audacity to ask me, do you want that iced or hot? Of course, I want my coffee hot. I don't want cold coffee. If you want cold coffee, just say, you know, you're an adult. Just say you want a chocolate milk. That's what it is. Oh, no, it's delicious. <laughs> no, 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 Have you had a milk. cold brew? It's a chocolate cold brew. milk. Just mm. say, I'm an adult, and I don't want to order chocolate milk, so therefore I'm going to order an iced coffee. Cold Ooh. brew with a little splash that of oat ridiculous. milk and, like, a that couple pumps of caramel. Pointless. I think you're missing the actual reason. Sounds like, chocolate, on sounds like chocolate milk to me. Hold it's, on a second. But it's, it's, <laughs> it makes you very hyper. You're missing uh, I will the point of cold brew. It's heavily concentrated. Cold brew... Yes. Cold brew wires you even more than regular coffee does. Yes, yeah, I'm cool. Right, well, I mean, it really that's one does. reason people do it. No, yeah, I don't. I, I, On I'm a nice sick of it. Occasionally, I will. Uh, my son is a big coffee devotee, and mm-hmm. I'll go through the Dunkin' Donuts, or now it's just called Dunkin', I guess, the Dunkin' yeah, really? drive through to pick him up a coffee, and he'll order a cold brew, I think with uh, the oat milk or maybe uh, like vanilla, and then a shot of, of blueberry. What? Yeah. How is that? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't drink it. I just order it. I don't do all that. I, yeah. I like I like to switch it up. I like to switch it up. Cold brew is like nice oh. when I'm out, out and about running errands, especially when it's hot outside. Mm-hmm. Right I now I have drink, a hot coffee. I would drink hot coffee if, if it's 110 degrees outside. I, I like my chocolate milk. Yes, as CD says. I, do I enjoy not, it. Uh, I do not do the coffee thing, as you know. I also like chocolate milk, but I'm talking about actual <laughs> chocolate milk. All right. <laughs> Guys, this is what I'm sick of. And I already knew this by, what was it? What day did I text you guys in the group chat? Was that Monday or Tuesday when I said, I already know my sick of it of the week? I think it was Tuesday. Tuesday yeah. Yeah. I was at the gym. Oh, and yeah. I, I was at the gym. <laughs> I think we all know where this is. This might be going now based off the group chat. I was at the gym and you know the pull down machine. Uh, this girl had, she was on the pull-down machine. This one? This one? Yes. Okay. And, and it has like what's the multiple. Techni- what's the technical name lat, for the pull-down machine? Pools. There you lat go. Pool, Thank you. Lat pool machine. Former NFL player. Yeah, for the, where for it has, a, yeah, where Thank it has the thing in the middle where there's a lot of different things. You yeah. know what I'm talking yeah. about? Oh, yeah, the thing with a lot of other things. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I know exactly yes. what you're talking exactly. about. Exactly. Yeah. The, the rows <laughs> yes. and, the, and the lat pull-down. Yes. CD knows. CD knows. The thing with a lot of things in the middle. Now we got it. So she was using that. And there was only one bench in this area that I was in because it's the women's side of the of the studio. Mm-hmm. And she was using the bench and she had multiple weights that she had on the bench. So this woman was not only using that machine, mm-hmm. all of them, she was kind of cycling between all of them. And she took the only bench in the area and she took multiple weights and put the weights on the bench so nobody could use them. And some of the workouts she was doing on the bench, I was watching her because I needed that bench, but I was also too big of a weenie to go over and say anything because I'm like, I, I'm like, I don't want, if she's using it, I'm not going to say anything. She used it to like lay across and put like weights on like her feet and was like exercising her Trying feet on her, the bench. Get her shins, shins and so hand and, and calves that's together. What, that's what I'm sick of. Maybe I'm too hyper aware of like, oh, maybe somebody will need this weight and I try to be very cognizant mm-hmm. of that. But when I see somebody just hogging weights and then there was long periods of times where she would just be on her phone. It kind of sounds like I was stalking her. I promise I wasn't. <laughs> I just really wanted that bench. So maybe somebody could text in and tell me what to do next time in that situation. Well, I would just say, excuse me. I mean, can we just sh- take it? Yeah. I mean, not you're, you're not using the bench while you're using the lat pull down machine and the row machine. Can you 
allow someone else? Can we can we cycle through here? Yeah. Can we work together here? Let's can we utilize common courtesy, please? Yeah. And just be respectful a little bit. Haven't you been to the gym where that happens? Where oh, yeah. somebody's oh, just yeah. hogging up the equipment and they're not even using it that much, and you're like, is this really necessary to use the machine, the thingy machine? I can't remember if there's like a certain the name to machine. it. <laughs> yes, let pull down. Well, is that just that? There's other there's other things there, so that's why it's the thingy machine. This is very official. Yeah. And a bench and multiple weights. Yeah, there's no don't, problem. There's no need that. for that. All right, let's get to a couple of texts. Matthew, what do you got? I'm sick of trying to be on a diet and then hearing you guys talk about food on my way to work. This is from me texting in from the Chick-fil-A drive-thru. Oh, oh well, the, the Chick-fil-A breakfast is to die for. It is outstanding. Yeah. And I will not I, I, I will not argue with anyone about that. No. It's outstanding. Biscuits are sensational, aren't they? Yes. Sick of it. Doing what I'm told to get a promotion and then never getting said promotion in favor of outside hires. Mm. I, I would be really sick of that. I would be really sick of if I were a, a, an accomplished, able person to do a job and I was... In, in the industry where I was accomplished and I wasn't getting the ability just to do my, like you're kind of boxed in. You just yeah. can't do the job. You can't spread your wings. I, that would drive me crazy. But then being passed up by somebody from the outside, that would, that would drive me bananas. That being said, I wish the Cardinals would do it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. This one might be a little too harsh. I'm sick of people who can't cook. Oh, Dang. well, that sounds that very sounds personal. Specific. All you need to do to be able to cook is follow instructions. You know, there are some people that I'm just going to give a little razzle dazzle here, and <laughs> that's a mistake. That's a mistake. It goes it's not that left. hard. Not, not great. David cooked dinner the other night, and he's probably listening, so he'll be mad that I'm outing him for this. But he he struggled cooking yesterday. <laughs> what did he make? Did he, did he uh, have a salmon, Damn, rice. And some vegetables. No, I still ate it. I still ate it because I appreciated Where'd the you go effort. Wrong? Be honest. Where do you go wrong? What, what was what, what was the, was the, the rice? Order, was it the, the salmon? order of events and the salmon. So mistimed. Oh, yeah, that's a big cooking thing. Most and then he overcooked that. the salmon. Yeah, uh, okay. just cook it longer on a lower temperature. Just let it take time. That's what I takes would. time. Learning. And that's what I did. I just encouraged because, believe me, I want him to continue to do that. <laughs> <laughs> good, but, David, good yeah. effort, good effort. Good job, David. But if yeah. you don't do better next time, you're going to get talked about on the radio again. Sick of it. Sick of people who can't do something when they have the ability to do so. It happens often when a customer tries to negotiate a deal and the salesperson says, I can't do that. Yes, yes, you can. And if they don't want to do something, then just say so. <laughs> no, I, I actually agree specific. with that. Yeah. I actually agree with that. You know, you can do it. You just don't want to do it. Yeah. 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 I can't do that. No, no. Yeah, you can. You, yeah, you, you do it all the time. Yeah. But you just don't want to today. Yeah. And I'm one more. I'm sick of Aaron Rodgers. He's a guest speaker for Psychedelic Drug Conference in Colorado talking about his punch of karma. Man, just play football. He's wow. in the offseason now. He's a multitasker. Well, they did, didn't they move... One of the OTAs around because he asked them no, to. No, he was at every single OTA. They might, they might have, but he was at every single OTA practice. So he he won, and he's having all of his uh, receivers out to California. Good for him. Hopefully, they don't do any of these mushrooms that he's going to talk about. Yeah, at least I on game day. Guys advocating for what for what he believes uh, is a is a advancement in in you know healthcare. Good for him. Technology. That's yeah, all uh, natural. Mm, apparently. Mm. Maybe not. What? I don't want to. I don't. I don't, I don't I, it's all natural. I, I, I'd prefer not to. 
I don't want to. I'd be nervous. There's a lot Thank of you, Andy. By the NFL, they're all natural. <laughs> Thank you, Randy. The NHL draft is coming up. Does Zerg Armstrong have a surprise move up his sleeve again? It's coming your way on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, Envision, Azek, and decorators to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Stop by and see Hackman's expanded paint department, too, with brushes, rollers, painter's tape, and four different lines of interior and exterior paint. Custom color match available. Visit Hackman Lumber's newly remodeled stores in St. Peter's and Pacific, or their showroom in Troy, Missouri. Hackman Lumber. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Obviously, the political uh, climate is a little bit different, and a top-rated Russian player uh, has a a long-term contract that I assume he's going to honor. I'm sure I assume they're going to make him honor. That's three years. And we haven't had live scouting on him for a while, too. So this year's dynamic is, is different. But in general, I, I think that these players are so far away from playing that I, I wouldn't run scared of drafting Russians. That's Eric Armstrong. Yesterday, a press conference asked about uh, drafting Russian players in the upcoming NHL draft. And by the way, BK and Ferrario are going to be at the draft in Nashville and uh, we'll be able to hear the draft. Alex Ferrario will be bringing us all of the coverage of the 2023 NHL draft. But the, the big question for the Blues is, do they want to, with one of their three picks, and specifically if they get into a situation where they're at number 10, do they want to draft a player that they'll have to wait a long time for to get? That's because the top Russian player this year is Matvey Michkov, and right now he's expected to go in the top five. But the Blues could pa- probably package picks and get into the top five. But do you want a guy that's going to take three full seasons, so it'll be the fourth season after you draft him before he would get here? Yeah, the contract is three years, I believe, with the KHL. And what he was talking about in that sound makes it a little bit different when it comes to evaluating Russian players than they've had in the past because of the political turmoil. They haven't been able to really get good clear looks at these Russian players because you just don't have that access. So yes, you're watching from afar, but it's different. It's different than scouting in person. Like you've been able to in the past. And, but it doesn't seem like he has any deep concern about it. I think that that is very different though, than in years past and maybe something that would hold you off a little bit and you won't see him for a while, but you won't see a lot of the prospects for a while. And that's the thing with three first round draft choices. 
I believe the Blues are in a position where they need players that have more immediacy in terms of mm-hmm. getting to the NHL. Yeah, that would be the concern for me. If you have to wait three full seasons before a player could actually even put on a uniform, I, I think that that's a problem. You need this team, and it really depends on what you think of this team going forward is this a team that you are rebuilding for the future if that's the case then yeah you go out and draft a guy that's going to take three to four years to be here but if you are a team that is convinced you have all of the pieces in place to make a run next year well then you're going to have to go add some pieces that can help to this roster right now to help this team for next season and I don't know that waiting three years would be that be the correct move for that so with that being the case Doug Armstrong any current NHL players that are out there that you might be able to pick up that pique your interest there's not nothing that's come that come across our, our desk that we've seriously considered yet and that doesn't mean it won't happen between now and uh now and before those picks are taken I think a lot of teams are you know obviously I'm feeling a lot of calls on on our, our picks all three picks quite honestly and uh letting people know what we want and then they go back to work and see if there's a fit, but no one's brought to us anything that uh, would perk our, perk our interest as of yet, but that's not abnormal. Usually uh, things will start picking up probably Monday. So let's plan on the blues at this point, using that number 10 because Armstrong hasn't moved off of that thought that the, the blues will use the number 10 pick. One of the things they have guys at the athletic Five trades we'd like to see made, and the Athletics suggests the Blues would get Travis Konechny. This is just a trade that they'd like to have made. Center from Philadelphia, 26 years old, in exchange for the 25th pick and Toronto's second rounder next year. He's a smaller center, but he does seem to fit the mold of what the Blues would be looking for. 5'10", 175, tenacious defensively, could be a third-line center behind Thomas and Shen and would fit what the Blues need up front. Do you think they need – we talked a lot about the defense last year, and, and sometimes it was the forwards not doing their job. Do you think it's more – this defense is more needed for, for from the defensemen or from those forwards actually helping out? Everybody. I, well, it's, because, everybody. Because we've talked – I mean, the defensemen, we pretty much are, are set. We're yeah. going to have to stand pat, and there's not any room to move any contracts or go any different way. So how do you get better if you can't – add players to get better is it just a philosophy or is it just you know adding someone to the roster and that's why they hired Weber hoping that maybe a younger coach will be able to do that I I think it's a deeper issue than that though it's going to take more than a change in philosophy and Mm -hmm. coaching it's going to player wise it was a down year for a lot of the defensemen especially Nick Letty is a player that I look at too that just really didn't live up to his expectations last season. But even if you look at Colton Pareko, I think that it's hard to find somebody who can replace his minutes. But defensively, that group did not live up to any standards, and it just felt like they were a convoluted mess the entire season. And when you talk about forwards versus defensemen, it was, like you said, Brooke, they, they need help across the board. But Jordan Cairo was the second-worst plus-minus player in the NHL. Now, a lot of people don't like plus minus, but when you are a minus 38 and you are the second worst in the league, that stands out. Braden Shen, who actually played pretty well, was a minus 27. That's a product of the people that he's playing with. And then Tori Krug, who was decidedly terrible, was a minus 26. In, in addition to being minus 26, he was he only had 32 points in 63 games. He was hurt all the time. And Tori Krug was just bad. He needs to be better. So yeah. In my opinion, what the Blues need to do is 
fill holes where they don't have guys right now, and that would be the third center. They've got all their defensemen. They, they've got enough bodies. They might not have enough quality, but they've got enough bodies there. They don't have, with their partners of O'Reilly and uh, Nolachari last year, they don't have enough centers, and they need to get a body. And I think Konechny is an interesting name. I, I wouldn't be averse, but I think there's a lot of guys out there that fit that mold of what the Blues need. What it needs to fit, though, is into the salary cap. I think it just it needs to be a shift in the mindset more than anything. Just a will to do it. If it, defense for me is just something you want to do or you don't want to do, and and that that essentially feels like what it boils down to. And at times, guys didn't want to skate back hard enough to do their job and be and help on the defensive end. Yeah, the, it, it was a very disappointing season in general. And there's something that is continuing to just stick in my head as we're going through this offseason and how they're going to approach things. We had Tom Stillman in, mm-hmm. and he the question was asked about this group. And remember, what did he say? He we said, We aren't going to be elite. We're not going to be elite this season. I see that as that they really are going to look to build in the future. I feel like that's why you're continuing. Even yesterday, Doug Armstrong, he's looking for players when he's talking about players coming in, he's looking for that type that's in that age range that he continues to talk about, that young age range. It almost feels like they're looking more into maybe not next season. You're building, of course, not a full rebuild, but more of adding some pieces that can be good in the next two, three years. And that's why I don't think that the Blues will make that big move for a guy like Connecting, who's making five and a half million. I don't think that they'll ship out a salary so that no. they can fit him under. I really, the, the question is, is there a surprise move for the Blues? If they make it, I will be really, really surprised. I will be surprised. And somebody texted in, what about Barbashev, Noel Chari, uh, even Ryan O'Reilly? What it, what's the news about Ryan O'Reilly and the trade market? In this very same article in The Athletic, they suggest that the best move for O'Reilly, and it makes sense with them drafting Connor Bedard, would be to have O'Reilly land in Chicago, where he could mentor the young Connor Bedard. Uh, that's tough. <laughs> that's so tough. I don't, Chicago getting these nice things, Darren Pang and Ryan O'Reilly, O'Reilly possibly. I don't like that. I love Ryan O'Reilly. I will always love Ryan O'Reilly. He was the linchpin to get the Blues of Stanley yes. Cup. And he was a great leader. Mm-hmm. But I would not want, for example, right now, let me pick the right player here. I would not want Mark McGuire to be my first baseman for the Cardinals. He's 59 years old, and he can't do it anymore. <laughs> I, I see where you're going with that. Right. I, I get what you're saying. You think it's – and that's the thing. That the, the questions of is he coming back, is he coming back, is he going to help if he comes back? That's the yeah, – you, you can't just make a decision based solely on how much you love a person, no. how much you adore him and, and his time spent in the in a Blues uniform. You He did a great job while he was here, and he was traded because – you know, he was going to be a free agent this offseason, and so they made a decision to go in a different direction. Yeah. The notion that bringing him back, this team wasn't great when he was here. Right, right. Like, they were struggling yeah. when he was on the roster last year, so th- the thought that bringing him back makes them a better team, I don't see how that how that happens. One of the great lines in the history of sports, when Roy Green got traded from the Arizona Cardinals to the Philadelphia Eagles, one of the writers in Philly says, have you lost a step? Roy says, yeah. But I had a step to lose. (laughs) Ryan didn't have a step to lose. And and that's where they're going, right? It's very clear with what Army's saying is they're going with the youth movement. They're they're looking towards building the next few years. And by the way, just an update on Ivan Barbashev. There are no active talks at the moment between Barbashev and the Golden Knights. Yeah, they don't have the cap space to keep him, but he'll get a good contract. And the Blues won't either, sadly.
No, unfortunately. We knew that. He sold his house in December. He knew he wasn't coming back here. here. Yeah. Take it or leave it coming your way. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646, 314-399-YOHO. Teoli coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Want to put it out there? If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, set it right back. Get your text into 314-399-9646 and give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. Randy, it is the opening drive on 101 ESPN. We welcome your text to the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646 Yo-ho! Alright, kids take it or leave it. The Cardinals Brooke was calling for sweeps. The Cardinals sweep both games against the Cubs in London. Ah! Uh- You're calling for sweeps and it's okay, only two. Is, who is it going to be? Is it Wayno and who's who else is pitching? Is it Libertor? Yeah, after Wayno is Libertor. Uh, Flaherty, no, Flaherty. Flaherty okay. Oh, it's Flaherty? Yeah, so on Saturday, for Saturday's tilt, you've got uh, Wainwright against Justin Steele, who's one of the best pitchers in the National League this year. And in Sunday's game, Jack Flaherty against Marcus Stroman. Hmm. Justin Steele this year, 7-2 and two with a 2.71 earned run average and a 1.07 whip. I'm going to leave it. I think they'll split it. Okay. CD, they, the... Uh, Cardinals the Cubs, sweep the Cubs well, into. They beat oh. up on the Pirates. Is it? It's two games. Is that a yeah. sweep? It's, it's a, a major sweep. Are we, are, we, are we calling it a sweep? Yeah, it's always it's two games. Yeah. Okay. Take it. Oh, I like okay. this. Okay. Yeah. Take it. I, I am I am all for it. And, uh, yeah, I like it. Um, I am going to leave it. As a matter of fact, sadly, I am going to reverse, and I'm going to say that the Cubs sweep the oh, series. No! Randy. Not even a split. That's, that's Marcus Stroman, 9-4 with a 2.28 <laughs> and a 1.02. Yeah, this is... Uh, the pitching pairings, unfortunately, do not favor your St. Louis Cardinals. Hmm. Stroman has been a beast. Uh, one more quick ticket or leave it. Adam gives us a thumbs up as he leaves the mound after the leave first it. inning. I'm gonna he's leave not it. going he's gonna to forget. remember that. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's not going to be worried about. If he can't even remember that he had a he has a workout with well, the team, point, then yeah. I don't <laughs> think he's going to remember the, the <laughs> thumbs something up. Something else we got to do. Right? What is that? Yeah. Yeah. What does we have to? Oh, oh, practice. we're going to work out. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to text that him thing. right before game time. Just to, uh, I'm going to text oh, yeah, him like an hour before game time, just to remind him. Wow, talking to the guys backswing, texting him on start days. Uh, so I was thinking about this, and we've been we talked yesterday about trades and potential trades. Take it or leave it. If you put together a deal with Nolan Gorman and Paul DeYoung and a prospect, you can get a really really good starting pitcher. I'll take that. Nolan Gorman and who? DeYoung. Paul DeYoung. Maybe not even a prospect needed. What starting pitcher could you get for that? Mm. Uh, well, that's a good question. Uh, it's going to depend on who thinks they're out of the race at the deadline. But if we're if we were going to going to go today, uh, would Kansas City give up a a singer? I don't know. Probably not. Uh, He's he's their number one guy. Uh, Keller is on the IL there. 
it's got to be a team that's not going to make the playoffs, and I just don't know who's going to miss the playoffs at the moment. But I, I would say that you could get it, – it'd have to be from a bad team that is willing to take a developmental guy who's going to be really good. People will be ticked in two years if they trade Nolan Gorman. People here will be ticked in two years yeah. if they trade Nolan Gorman when he's hitting 40 and driving in 110 every year. Do you think he's on that list of trade possibilities? No. I, I, don't, I don't know if I can see Gorman. They got a lot. They love that him. People would want at yeah. this point. At this point, yeah. Uh, and that, and hopefully they'll use that. Oh, here's the here's the thing. To their advantage. Why are the Cardinals going to be buying? Why do we think the Cardinals are going to be buying at the trade deadline? The trade <laughs> deadline is 39 days away. <laughs> Randy, but that is so that's like maybe 30, that's selling. That's like 34 games. So that's like a 24 and 10 record or something like that. I mean, that's that's 500, baby. I think that we're right. a little. Over our skis here, and thinking that the Cardinals—we're we're flattering ourselves. Randy, we're entitled. We're flattering. Yeah, we're spoiled and yeah. entitled. Here's the other part of it. Okay, I am. so you trade Nolan Gorman for? Let's think about if you could do Nolan Gorman for Shane Bieber. Okay. 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 I like that. I like that. Okay. Straight up, Nolan I'm Gorman. About straight up for Shane Bieber, and uh, I'll even throw Paul DeYoung in there. Okay. <laughs> Why not? At it. <laughs> Just like a little little extra. Does well, that buy you, one get one free? Does that make you better than <laughs> the Dodgers, the Braves, or the Reds? Um. I feel like I feel or like the D-backs yeah. or the Giants. Giants you got, just swept you, got you your, last week. You got your number one. Mm-hmm. And who's your number two? Jack Flaherty. Is he going to be staying? That's another yeah, good question. We're talking about for the rest of the season. Oh, okay. we'll, we'll worry about next season. Next season. So let me, uh, okay, so you've got Shane Bieber against Spencer Strider in the first game of a playoff series. Who you got? Who's winning? Well, he's a Cardinal. At this point, I'm going to go with Shane Bieber. Okay. You've got Charlie Morton and his postseason pedigree against Jack Flaherty. Which he, uh, uh, Charlie. Okay. I think so. And then you got (laughs) Kyle Wright coming back against Miles or or Jordan. Michaelis. I'll take Miles. Miles is a gamer. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he's been able to he's a, bounce he's back a, he's when he's so you, you like Miles he against a lineup that includes Matt well, Olson, we, we Ozzy Albies, Austin O'Reilly, <laughs> Ronald Acuna Jr., Michael Harris. Oh, come on, Adam Randy. Yeah. Why are you ruining all the fun? <laughs> Just tossing it out there. All these names. Yeah. I, I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave it. It took us a while to to get uh, to circle back to that. I'm gonna leave it just because I can't see them parting with Nolan Gorman. That's a good point. Yeah, I just really either. don't. You just for something? that specific name. You want something? You got to give up something. You're gonna make a trade <laughs> by bringing up Gordon Graceffo when he gets healthy. There you go. <laughs> Is that gonna be enough to me? Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. Hey, uh, okay. Let's not fool ourselves into thinking this team is good. Okay. Let's just be rational about it. Fine. Sorry. All right. We don't want to be Randy. Take it or leave it. I just want to go back to Blues for a minute because Rocky O and I were talking about this during the break. The more and more we think about it with the comments yesterday, too, where he's talking about that sweet spot with players in their prime, specifically with Fords, that was it 25 range to 28, Rocky O, is what he said? Uh, 24 to 29 for forwards, 26 to 31 for defenders. That is another clear indication that this is building towards the next three, two to three years. It might not be perfect. It's still going to be young this coming season, but building towards the next two or three years. Robert Thomas that. is 24. Jordan Kyrou's 25. We're getting close to that sweet spot that he's eyeing. 
Yep, come and grow with us. Absolutely, that's where they're headed. Come and grow with us. <laughs> that was, that was, come grow with I'm us. I'm just yep. saying. It, that's. It, I feel like reading between the lines. That's where he's getting I, it. I think you're exactly right. I agree. I'm taking it. All right, let's get a couple texts, Matthew. E, take it or leave it. Even if the Cardinals are sellers at the trade deadline, it'd be a good time to pick up some pitching for 2024. Take it. Yeah, and, and if they do sell, huh, let's see who. Again, so you trade Montgomery for a younger pitcher. You trade. Flaherty for younger pitching and hope that you can somehow develop it. Yeah. Uh, take it or leave it. Trading a young stun hitter after one bad month is ridiculous and embarrassing. Okay. Oh, I'm not saying that's I'm saying that's why you trade him because he's going to give you the most value. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not trading him because he's not hitting well right now. I'm trading him because he was crushing the ball at one point and people love him. Mm-hmm. If someone else loves them, you get something in return. 1988, the Boston Red Sox were trying to make the playoffs, and mm-hmm. they uh, needed a relief pitcher, so they, they got a guy named Larry Anderson from Houston. Uh, Larry Anderson wound up being a longtime broadcaster for the Phillies. Was a pretty good reliever in his time. Lasted the rest of that season for the Red Sox. They didn't make the playoffs, and they gave up a, 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 a let me think here, a young player. Oh, yeah, Jeff Bagwell was his name. <laughs> Jeff Bagwell uh, for, for two months of Larry Anderson. Did you do anything? Jeff Bagwell? He's, Bagwell. He's yeah, he's a killer bees. I feel like he was in Nolan, a fight question alongside Tony Gwynn yesterday. Yeah. I feel yeah. like Nolan Gorman's going to be, this is just who he's going to be. He's gonna When he's hot, he's going to be extremely hot. When he's cold, he's going to go extremely cold. And you, that's just part of it. He's that's just 26. part of it. Is that where he's at right he, now? Is he, he snapped it's, that. It's not great, oh, but it's still like three for what? Three for 40-something. Like uh, Kyle Schwarber. Yep. Take it or leave it, guys. One for 27. One for 27. Is that where he is? I think that's what it was, yeah. There should never be a street sign that is installed crooked. It, every street sign should be level. And for the people that have the one job of installing street signs, <laughs> they should never install them crooked because there are OCD people in the world. Maybe it was uh, level and somebody hit it. There you go. You don't think those... Maybe, that's what I think when I see them. Nope, you had one job. One job. I have a Good. lot of jobs. Don't I'll they? take that, Randy. Just do your job. Yep. Yeah. Anybody here OCD about crooked signs? I've. Just, uh, I, I mean, it doesn't like I. I'm like <laughs> when I see it, I don't think it irks me. But what about when you see it the second day? I. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I. I don't know. Randy, are, are you I that OCD? You want, have, you, have you seen uh, <laughs> a man named Otto? No. Have you watched that? No. That, that that's man named with Otto. Tom Hanks. Oh, I have to check it it's out. It's a good movie. Okay, I will. That's like relatively new, right? <laughs> yeah, it just okay. came out. I'll check it out. One take, more? It or, take it or leave it. Wayno's Southern Draw will have a little bit of British spin to it when it comes back. Take it. Yes. Oh, yeah. I tried okay. my, my British accent when I was over there next door. Do it. AD is, uh, is he was born in London, and, and oh. he was trying to teach me, and he said I sounded like a leprechaun. So, just Wait, do it, do it, do it, do it. Well, do say we, we will be oh, on the pitch with our kits. And then he said, mm. "Kip, kip." It's so high. <laughs> it's like it's, it's was, very. Was it terrible? You know what accent I love best is Essex. Not great accents. Have you heard that? No. Do you have you heard that, Rockio? You have three Americans in the building. Do you expect any of us to know the difference between the different kinds of English oh, okay. accents? Come I on, I don't know. Now. It's it's Come like on. the it's like the southern accent of the British people. And so you have that in your pocket, I'm guessing. I don't know. I thought it would be. Yeah, you walk we're we're waiting on it. Come I can't on. do it. I can't. <laughs> See, I do declare I your Essex accent or whatever the heck they say over there. I, I would have to listen. Bloody hell! I don't know. And get back to you guys on that one. Right, See how I'm enough. escaping this. Uh, You're not tr- you don't look very chuffed over there. By the way, our good buddy Danny Cox is probably listening right now. 
now, was born in Northampton, England, but then grew up in Georgia. Uh, so, uh, well, that's got to be a fun one. How, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, Danny does not have the uh, the British accent. Really? One. No. Oh. Danny's a man. I would love to hear that. Yeah. What are you saying about people with British accents, Randy? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I gave you one great story from the 80s. <laughs> Let me give you one more other other great story uh, in sports history, okay? From the 80s. 85 playoffs, okay? Uh, Danny Cox's, card, there's an off day. Cardinals and, uh, it must have been the Cardinals and the Giants in 87. No, it was 85. Cardinals and Dodgers, off day. And uh, Danny Cox says, hey, I got a. Family tells Whitey, I got a family thing down in Georgia. I'm going to go down there. I'm going to take care of it. I'll be right back. Whitey says, fine. So he doesn't have to be there for the off day. Danny doesn't have to be there. Uh, 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 I think it was Danny's sister's husband had been physical with her. Mm -hmm. Danny flies down to Georgia, walks up to the door. The guy answers the door. One punch, Danny flattens him, <laughs> walks back down the walkway, gets back in the cab, and flies back to St. Louis. Oh, yeah, my God. Beer. <laughs> Danny, you and I did have a beer, sir. I love uh, it. He's one of my favorites. Yeah. He's, a, he's a great one. Coming up on 101 ESPN, we've got our fresh take. The offense didn't show up that the pitching and defense that's going to win this team games was there for the 4-2 and two road trip. That's next as we bring you our fresh take here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101. ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the opening drive's fresh take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. It was a good series. Good trip. Guys are playing extremely well. Um, offensively, our guys, we didn't score today, but our guys actually feel pretty good about where they're at. Up and down our lineup, guys are feeling pretty good. And uh, I felt like we fought hard in certain games. We were able to come back in certain games. Our um, Miles today did a really nice job. Jack fought through his outing, got us to the seven. So overall, I felt like uh, certain pieces are starting to come together. You look at it, the outfield play, it's much, much better. Good relay today to get a guy at third. Nice play by Newt, diamond play there. So overall, I feel like there's a lot of things that are happening that are very positive and, and pointing in the right direction as far as the style of play that we're used to seeing and we need to play in order to get to where we want to get to. So um, I take this trip as a positive so far. That's the Cardinals skipper, Ali Marmol, and it's today's fresh take. The Cardinals... When they won on that road trip, they scored runs. They lost the opener to the Mets 6-1, to then won 5-3 and 8-7. Then they moved on to Washington, won 8-6 and 9-3 before getting shut out yesterday, 3-0. And there were a lot of positives to be drawn from a 4-2 and two trip. One of the negatives, though, and I know that Brooke feels this way, when you have a team, if you're purported to be good, like the Cardinals are purported to be, you have to take advantage of a Washington team that just doesn't have players, with all due respect to the Washington Nationals. <laughs> and they're all major league players, right? They're, they're, they're good players. But when you have Trevor Williams starting and uh, somebody named Mason Thompson and somebody Kyle Finn and Hunter Harvey <laughs> are filling out the, your staff for the day, you have Lane Thomas hit 111 and 104 in back-to-back -back years with the Cardinals. He's your leadoff hitter. And to his credit, they've coached him up. And he's hitting 290 with an OPS of 826. But Luis Garcia, wasn't he a relief pitcher for the Cardinals a couple of years ago? And now he's their second baseman. Uh, 
Jaimer Candelario. I feel like it might be the same, uh, different guy. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> you don't know. I, I mean, I mean he's, he's got a good he arm. Could, he probably can yeah. make the throw. Corey Those Dick- other names sound made yeah, up. Yeah, Corey Dickerson's their number five hitter. You've got to beat, and uh, let's go back to Trevor Williams. You can't get shut out by Trevor Williams and the Nationals. And you've got to win those games. And now, all of a sudden, well, not all of a sudden, it kind of did take some time to happen, but the Cardinals are ten and a half games out in the wild card race. Ten and a half. And in the National League Central, not only are they in last place and four games behind the fourth place Pirates, they're nine behind the surging Reds who have won 11 in a row. Yeah, uh, that's where I keep saying I want to see sweeps and streaks right now. It was very encouraging the way that they won the series, that they were able to claw their way back. I want winning streaks. I want what the Reds have. I want a long winning streak, and I want to see some sweeps. You should be sweeping these teams. You should be sweeping the Nationals. Trevor Williams looked great. I don't like when Trevor Williams looks great out there because guess how rare that outing was for his career yesterday. Um, it was only the fourth time in his career that he did not, did not allow a runner walk and six or more innings pitched. Wow. That's yeah, bad. That's not great. Also, no. the first game in which he did not surrender at least one homer since May 13th. That's great. Mm-hmm. And it hadn't been great going into that game as well. That's that's my issue is that you also had a great outing from Miles Michaelis. We should applaud Miles Michaelis and his ability. He has shown that yeah. to bounce back. The way that he is able to bounce back is what gives me confidence mm-hmm. in him moving forward and when you're also looking ahead to next season because you know he is one piece that is going to be a part mm-hmm. of that starting rotation. It just irks me when you you basically wasted seven innings of two-run yep. ball from Miles Michaelis, and it was his fourth straight loss. It is, I mean, you don't want to waste that game. He's seven innings pitched, two earned runs, as you said, one walk, three strikeouts. Very good game for him. The, the starting pitchers in this series did a very good job, minus Jack Flaherty's first inning. I thought they all mm-hmm. performed pretty well. And the bats had been helping. Yesterday, you just didn't get the timely hit. I talked about it earlier. You got two runners on with no outs in the seventh inning, and you don't score a run. That is part of the problem. When you have runners in scoring positions or you have runners on with less than than two outs, you have to be able to score runs. And up until this point, you know, yesterday they didn't do it, but a couple of games prior to that they did. I think the frustration – comes in is because you just ran down that entire team who are they they're not they're not a good team so winning two out of three is is good it's okay but it should be a sweep you should win you should win that series in a sweep and not have a you know not lose that game yesterday two years ago under Mike Schilt the Cardinals won 17 in a row in September and made the playoffs if this Cardinal team won 17 in a row right now the Reds would have to go eight and nine for the Cardinals to tie them Mm-hmm. That's if the Cardinals win 17 in a row. In their next 17, the Reds would have to go 8-9 and nine for the Cardinals to tie them. So it's possible. I, I, It'll happen. I, it's I not going to be a chunk like that. Sweeps and streaks. <laughs> sweeps and streaks. I want to see more streaks. Is that is that so hard to ask for? Somebody texted it. Somebody texted it. I never thought I would hear on St. Louis radio. I want what the Reds have. I just want specifically the energy, the urgency they have, the winning streak they have. They're a very exciting team to watch, and that's also weird to say, right? Yeah. About l- the Reds. <laughs> about the Reds. Last year, the Reds lost a hundred games, so maybe the Cardinals are on their way. You just have to wait a few months before the Cardinals can have that energy that the Reds have. I, I don't like it, and I will say it is encouraging that you did see that they were able to score a lot of runs 
uh, leading up to that. What was that? 30 runs that they were able to score in their last four games yeah. going into that one. And starting pitching seems like they're starting to catch their stride a little bit. And that's a big positive as well. This group is getting deeper into games, as you mentioned a little bit earlier, CD. You had Miles with seven innings work, Montgomery with seven innings work, Jack Flaherty able to battle his way back after a very rough first inning. Those are encouraging things. Can we see the offense day in, day in, day in and day out consistently do what they need to do? That's today's fresh take on 101 ESPN. Coming up, Pierre Desir, Lindenwood guy, NFL cornerback, has done some great things in the community over the years, and there's more on the way. He joins us next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Roethlisberger going to go deep down the far side of the field. Intercepted inside the 25-yard line by Pierre Desir. Lindenwood grad Pierre Desir had a terrific, has had a terrific career in the NFL. After leaving the Lions, he made the the Browns. He's been with the Chargers. He's been with the Colts, and still doing great things in the St. Louis area community as well. With Brooke Grimsley and Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis, I'm Randy Carricker, and we go to the celebrity line right now. And a great St. Charles County native, Pierre Desir joins us on 101 ESPN. Pierre, good morning. How you doing? Good morning. Thank you for having me. We're excited to have you, and we know you got a big thing coming up this weekend. Tell us about it. Yeah, so this will be the sixth annual um, youth camp that I do at Lindenwood University. Um, we have around 200 to 300 kids show up, and it's an opportunity for them to just have fun. You know, I get to interact with them. They get to uh, join in the football activities, and then, uh, you know, we do a little autograph session, one-on-one session, and it's just a great day. Pierre, you're a local uh, uh, celebrity from from St. Louis, Francis Howell Central, Lindenwood University. And Randy left this part out. He's gleaming from ear to ear because he also (laughs) went to Lindenwood. Can you talk to us about, you know, what that transition was for them? They made a big jump last year from going from D2 to FCS. How exciting was that to see your alma mater be able to make that transition? No, it was was awesome. You know, I, I got to be over, I got to be there at the ceremony. I got to just uh, witness it all. And I know it takes a lot of hard work and, you know, shout out to all the guys that uh, dedicate themselves to um, just, just putting in the work to help the program um, excel into that new division. But it, it's awesome being able to see your, your alma mater um, progress and uh, continue to do great things. Was there a little bit of frustration that you weren't able to be on the roster when they made that jump? Can you repeat that? I'm sorry. I said, was there a little bit of frustration that you weren't in college when they decided to make that jump to D- to Division One? Nah, you know what? You know, it's it's a little bittersweet because you know it would have been awesome to be able to go ahead and compete against you know different schools. But you know, I had a great experience uh, during my time in Littlewood, so uh, I'm happy for those guys. Pierre, you were talking about your camp, and it's a free camp, which is awesome for the kids. Why is that so important for you to continue to do these camps for free for kids where they have the ability to just learn and also grow the game? I think it's uh, important um, for um, a person like myself and the the position I am to be able to um, give back with uh, whatever resources I can. I'm a firm believer of uh, being involved in the community and um, this is just one of one one of the things that I do to help 
uh, the community, and the kids love it. Um, they actually get a chance to um, play football, um, do some football activities. A lot of them never had the opportunity to because of whatever cost. So having a free camp uh, allowed um, a lot of people to be able to get access to um, during football football activities and be able to you know be around uh, you know college guys and uh, pro athletes guys. You have to teach kids that play cornerback to have a short memory. Yes. <laughs> yes. Now, Pierre, are you still uh, training, working out, and, and and waiting on a call for a uh, for a team to call you in for for a workout or, or to get signed? Yeah, you know, it's, it's just it's just like waiting for an interview, waiting mm-hmm. for a job interview. Uh, you know, you start out to prepare, um, and I'm, I'm no, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm used to you know this type of waiting before, so I just I stay ready. I work out and. Uh, um, in the meantime, I'm, I'm working on other things in, in my life and for, for post-career things. Um, I'm actually opening a gym in O'Fallon, uh, Missouri here uh, while I'm, you know, waiting for a call. Well, I was going to say, if you are, uh, whenever you do officially retire, we have a position open at Hazelwood Central. We need a defensive <laughs> backs coach. I know you know a little bit about the position, so you're yeah. more than welcome to come on over. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'll think about it, man. Appreciate that. <laughs> Pierre, I just wanted to ask you, too, about some of the other NFL news and notes that we've been following. DeAndre Hopkins is a big name that everybody's watching now, looking where he's going to land. Some people say that he might be past his prime. He's a guy that you, I'm guessing, have faced before. What do you think about him and maybe a potential good fit for him? You know, I think uh, right now uh, for Hopkins, he's, he, you know, he wants to win. I think a lot of guys later in the career, they want to be able to, go to playoffs and be able to chase that ring. So I think that's kind of where his head's at. And I, I don't think his past is prime. Um, it's just, you know, one of the things in the business, how they kind of mark guys, you know, past a certain time, a time frame. But I think he's just waiting for the right fit. And I think whatever decision he's make, he's going to make it for, um, you know, looking for a ring. Randy talked about having a short-term memory at that cornerback position. You've played against some some outstanding receivers. Who would you consider one of the best receivers that you got to line up against? One of the best receivers? Yeah. Um, I would say, I, would, I mean, there, there's so many. But I would say um, when I was in Cleveland going against, an, um, going against um, Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown, mm-hmm. their combination, um, because he really didn't have any um, – routes that you could study because it was most of it it was just made up on whatever they wanted to do so it was, you know so was, i'm trying to i'm trying to tell coach look you know second down i don't really know what's going on because they just do whatever so um um this can go on you know uh, hopkins um julio jones you know just to name a few like uh Omar cooper like just a whole bunch of uh different type of guys different type of skill set everyone brings a different type of um skill to the game Lindenwood Product, Pierre Desir with us on 101 ESPN, a camp coming up this weekend, and we're going to get information, a little bit more information about the camp. But, Pierre, you spent the last season you played with Tampa, and you were going against Brady every day in practice. What did you take away from that and seeing him every single day? Well, seeing Brady, uh, you, you see a guy that does ordinary things extraordinary. Um, just being able to show up and, you know, take the reps, mental reps, getting other guys involved, um, uh, just being locked in on, on, on certain things. Um, and being able to play against him was one thing, but being his teammate was a different thing. Just being able to um, just see how his leadership worked 
and see how his mentality was day in and day out was something very special and um, something that was um, awesome to be around. Is there uh, any team in particular that you keep an eye on right now? I know you still got friends in the league. Are there, is there any team that you're rooting for while you're watching this season, this upcoming season? You know, I have I have friends in you know different ty- um, different teams, so I'm just rooting for all their success. You know, I still have these on the Colts, um, guys on Tampa, um, friends on uh, you know the Jets and the Ravens. So I'm just cheering for guys' success, and hopefully they're able to. Uh, you know, get what they deserve to be able to take care of their family. And Pierre, you obviously started your career with the Browns as a uh, the uh, a, a young cornerback there, developing there. Uh, we come in every day, and Kerry Davis has a particular <laughs> disdain for the Cleveland a Browns. Bit. A little bit, not so, a fan. Well, how about you with the Pittsburgh Steelers, <laughs> Pierre? Uh, so I look. I when I played when I played in Cleveland, I love Cleveland. The, the city is awesome. It's a great city. Um, and, uh, you know, for as, as far as, like, going against the Steelers, it was just one of the things. They, they waved the towels around, so you really didn't like that. It's uh, it's one of those atmospheres where the fans are, you know, they're they're, they're big and, and part of the game, and you, you really didn't like to play being the opposing team. But looking back at it, you know, it was, it was a good experience. This is what That's what football is all about. Pittsburgh is just a great ad- atmosphere. You can You can say it now. It's okay. <laughs> uh, Pierre, you've got the camp this weekend. How can people get involved? Yes, yeah, so the camp is uh, at Lindenwood University at the main stadium. It starts at thirty and it runs until twelve. Um, you know, if if you weren't able to sign up because um, we kind of closed registration, just just come up there. Uh, we'll, we'll see what you can do. It's a, it's a great day of fun field activities. Um, I'll be around to be involved in the drills, um, and then um, towards the end of the camp, pick some pick some kids out to do some one on ones again. So we just have a great time. And you, your phone cut out. What time? What thirty does it start? Uh, Nine thirty. Nine thirty. Good. Nine thirty. Yeah. Yes, and, sir. And what players or, or former players do you have showing up? If you need another one, I think I might be free. Uh, well, no, hey, we got work well, on Saturday. Well, Oh, we do have work shirt? on Saturday. We got work uh, on Saturday. Yeah. Hey, you can come there for about 30 minutes, just hop in, do some one-on-ones, and you can go back to work. I might be able to do that <laughs> on the way in. Beautiful. <laughs> hey, Pierre, we love your commitment to the community, and it's been consistent ever since you were at Lindenwood and even before that when you were playing high school ball. And we love what you're doing right now. We thank you very much for that. We thanks for joining us this morning. And as, the, as we approach the football season and get going into the football season, we always like talking to you. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me again. Right. Thank you, Pierre. Pierre is here with us on 101 ESPN. Pierre, uh, born in Port-au-Prince, Haiti, mm-hmm. and uh, spent, obviously, that time at Howell Central and was a great player there. Fourth-round pick out of Lindenwood Very cool. of the Browns. So a really accomplished and great story. You you make it. You become a fourth-round pick out of a Division II school. That means That's you huge. are really balling, yeah. really showing some things, and people, you know, have a lot of faith and confidence in you. So he had a he's had a great career. Hopefully he gets another uh, another opportunity at it and gets on another team and gets a chance to play another season. Coming up next on 101 ESPN, we've got the fight. Matthew, you got a fighter? No, we need one. We need a fighter. So text in 314-399-9646. yo ho Just text in the word fight and your name, and maybe you'll fight me today here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight in the red corner. 
Welcome back to the opening drive. I am Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight. And our fighter today is Brendan. Brendan, how you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. You ready to take on Randy Carricker? Yep, let's do it. All right, here we go. There are four Cardinals on the 2023 roster that have to have had a 30 home run season in their career. Goldie, Arenado, DeYoung, and who else? Wilson Contreras, Lars Newtbar, or Tyler O'Neill? Uh, Wilson Contreras. With a 667 winning percentage, which Blues head coach owns the franchise record? Ken Hitchcock, Joel Quinville, Scotty Bowman. Uh, Scotty Bowman. Congrats to former Blue Pierre Turgeon on his election to the Hockey Hall of Fame. Which 40-point scoring wing did Blues trade for Turgeon early in the 96-97 season? Is it Jeff Cordenal, Dale Howardchuk, or Shane Corson? Oh, man. Uh, uh, Shane Corson. Which brother-pitcher combo is the only one to have had to have both tally and no hitter? Dizzy and Daffy Dean, Joe and Phil Necro, Bob and Ken Forsh. Uh, I'll have to go with the Dean brothers. We will double check our score. We will bring in Randy Carricker. Brendan, how you feeling? Uh, not very good. <laughs> no, it was was it the the hot? It was I mean hockey and baseball today. Was there anything in there? everything? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Randy, <laughs> Randy is walking in with his diet, Dr. Pepper. It might be his first one this week that I've seen. Yeah. Uh, well, I had the 60-cent one yesterday. Oh, is that what was in the mobile on the run? I didn't, I didn't yeah. know what was in there. <laughs> After the Cardinals scored eight, yeah. <laughs> you didn't get one today, though, did you? I did not. Yeah, they didn't score. Uh, I got to tell you guys something. What you got? If, by chance, I should come away with a victory today. You uh-huh. never know. It could happen. But my machine is wor- is not working. My machine Ooh. that says uh, just one oh, baby, no. it's broke. What? Well, it's not the machine's not broke, but the wiring is. Oh, so just so you know, that's awful. Somebody else will have to say. As you know, I'm only, I'm only an audio engineer, Randy. <laughs> right, right. Randy, say hello to Brendan. Brendan, good morning. How you doing? Good. How are you, Randy? I'm doing well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. Yep. Now, Randy, you came in and told us. Well, when you left, you said you weren't feeling at your I'm at your peak strong. performance. No. No. So, this might be a closer fight than than normal. Yeah. Okay. No. We'll see. Okay, we'll see. <laughs> there are four Cardinals on the 2023 roster to have had a 30 home run season in their career. Goldie, Arenado, DeYoung, and who else? Tyler O'Neill. With a 667 winning percentage, which Blues head coach owns the franchise record? 667. That would mean he won two out of every three games. Um... And is this like a long-term coach? This wasn't an interim, was it? It is a longer-term coach. Okay. We'll uh, say minimum 100, 150 games coached. Okay. It's either Hitch or Q. And I'm going to go with Ken Hitchcock, the new Hall of Famer. You said, who did you say? Ken Hitchcock. Okay. Just make sure. <laughs> the new Hall of Famer. All right. Just wanted to make sure I in got it. In the news today. Congratulations, Hitch. I love Hitch. Just to make sure I got it together. All we, right. We need buy-in. Congrats to former Blue Pierre Turgeon on his election to the Hockey Hall of Fame. Which 40-point scoring wing did the Blues trade for? Did the Blues trade for Tur- T- Pierre Turgeon early in the 96-97 season? 
96, 97. I think, and I was actually thinking about this last night, I think it might have been Shane Corson that they moved. Former Blues captain. Why think, were you thinking about this last night? Uh, because oh, just because George oh. made the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I, I was just like, you're up late at night <laughs> yeah. thinking about it. So, they, they got him from Edmonton, I believe, in the Cujo deal. Uh, and then I think after, well, there were some things that happened with Corson. Randy sitting up. What school did they draft Isaiah Pete out of? Cincinnati. Cincinnati. I wouldn't be surprised, honestly. Why do we all remember it's, that? Well, and it's interesting because there was another running back, and he I think he went to Ohio State uh, rather than Cincinnati, but from the state of Ohio, who also had the nickname Hopalong. Oh, Randy. <laughs> it's not his fault. Okay. Well, Trey Mason went to Auburn. Let's get to four, guys. <laughs> Trey Mason went to Auburn. Not that no, no, no. Isaiah P. You guys ready? Okay. Randy, ready? <laughs> oh, yeah. What's, okay. Where are we going? <laughs> yeah, there's, okay. there's another I'll one concentrate left. Concentrate here. Okay. okay. Which brother-pitcher combo is the only one to have both tally a no-hitter? I would suggest that that would be former Cardinal Bob Forsh and former Astro Ken Forsh. That would be where I would go with that one. Hmm. All right, we have a winner in today's fight. No need for a tiebreaker. Was Brendan able to come in and ruin a Randy character winning streak? Randy could take his to five tomorrow. He's trying to take his to four today. The Cardinals were able to take theirs to four. Did Randy character match a dismal St. Louis Cardinals team? Ring that bell. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. The winner and still champion of the fight. Randy Carricker. The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis with the most experienced club fitters in town. Why shop anywhere else? Just win, baby. Because oh. it's too hot. You want an air too horn? Hot, too yes, please. Wait. No. <laughs> oh, this is like a. Feeling hot, hot, hot. Okay, Brooke's going to no, give us. No, there's ads. It's, what, <laughs> there's it's, ads a, it's, a, it's a DJ club. Yeah, DJ, DJ club sound, right? Just win, baby. Oh, no. Sorry, there you it's go. an ad. Hold there's on. There's a okay. sign. Okay. There you okay. go. <laughs> that works. It was a, uh, you heard Mr. Buck there. There we there go. Thanks, Brooke. <laughs> I'm sorry. We had to sit through that because I refuse to pay for YouTube premium. <laughs> <laughs> you heard Mr. Buck there. That means Randy Carricker hit the jack. He beat you today, Brendan, four to one. Yeah, I, I choked. <laughs> it, was a, it was a tough one today. Let's go through those answers. There are four Cardinals on the 2023 roster to have a 30-home run season in their career. It is, of course, Paul Goldschmidt, Norna Arenado, lots of times. D- Paul DeYoung that one time. And then Tyler O'Neill, his big almost MVP year. Wilson Contreras, uh, 25 is his career high. Happy the, birthday to and, Tyler O'Neill, by the way. Happy birthday to Tyler oh, O'Neill. 27th. Yeah. Hmm, what is his back doing? I'm going to bad back, Randy. For how long? Nah, about a week back. No. With a 667 <laughs> winning percentage, which Blues head coach owns the franchise record? Ken Hitchcock went 20, 224, 103, and 36 overtime losses in 363 games played. That is a 667 winning percentage for the new Hockey Hall of Famer. Also joining him in the 2023 class will be Pierre Turgeon, a former Blue. The Blues traded Shane Corson. Do you remember the other uh, kind of bit player that they traded alongside Corson? Uh, to get Pierre Turgeon. To get Pierre Turgeon, one of my favorite names. 
I don't know why, but I love it. Murray Barron. Ah, Murray Barron. I don't know why, but I think that's a fantastic name for a hockey player. And which brother-brother pitcher combo is the only one to have both tally a no-hitter? So Phil Necro got one for the Necro brothers. Daffy Dean got one for Dizzy and Daffy Dean. But unfortunately, two for Bob Forsh and one for Ken means they're the only brother-brother combo to do it. A 4-1 win for Randy Carrick today in the fight. Brandon, thank you so much again for joining the fight and joining the show today. Yep. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Good Thank job, you. Brandon. Okay, two quick things. Do you guys believe that your phone listens to you? Yes. So, I, as you guys know, I got a new iPhone, right? Mm-hmm. I switched to iPhone from Android. And I ordered iTunes, so I got my free one month, and I'm gonna, I'll, I'll have iTunes. And already... When I signed up, iTunes knew all of my favorite artists. How? I have no idea. <laughs> they are in our brains. They are. are, they there are. Any, now, here's my question. Are there any that are outside of your uh, demographic? Uh, no, there really aren't. Okay. No, I mean, like, okay, so um, Eagles, Billy Joel, James Taylor, um, The Police, Marvin Gaye, Elton John. There really isn't. Uh, let's see if we can find something. Um, I uh, there is not among my favorites. See, yeah. And I have eclectic tastes. That's true. But um, no, there isn't. Uh, so that's your phone is listening to you. That's one thing. Yes. The other thing, I figured out why there were only men on the submarine. No, I do tell. <laughs> Their bathroom is a water bottle. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you gotta. Ew. Yeah, it, it's, it's one of those cups you get from the hospital when you. Uh, what is it? Not a bedpan, but what is that? Oh, that I, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. a little pot. Yeah. 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 Things. You, gotta, you literally have to go in the bottle. They were sitting crisscross applesauce for how long? <laughs> how long do you think I'm going to sit? I can't. Well. Unless it, it could have imploded, so maybe not for long. Oh, wow. I'm just saying, that is a possibility. I, sorry. That it, was, it is that a was real very, possibility. That was an ER moment. they had to sign all those waivers. <laughs> yeah. So that, anyway, that gives you some an indication as to why. Randy, still still no brothers on there, though. <laughs> True. <laughs> oh, those poor... Well. You signed up for it. Yeah, you, you yeah. up and for you it. signed up like four or five waivers. So, yep, yeah, yep. you had to sign your name a bunch of times. The Bird Watch is coming your way next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're flying down to the field to give you the latest on your St. Louis Cardinals. This is Bird Watch on the opening drive. Here on 101 ESPN, Brooke, Carrie, and Randy, and oh, what a sweet-sounding bird. Hmm. Well, we don't have any birds flying outside today. I'm going to go with Nolan Gorman. He has uh, struggled a little bit in the month of June and struggled really the last 27 at-bats. He's one for 27 in that time, and in order for this Cardinals team to continue to have success, if he's batting where he's been batting in the lineup, third, sometimes he's batting fifth, but if he's going to be your three-hole hitter, he's going to have to be able to perform at a high level. And we he's a guy that I talked about earlier in the season. I felt with the way that he was playing in the month of May, you're looking at a top 10 MVP candidate. And I think he has that potential to still be that. But during the month of June, he is seven for 60 and batting 117 on-base percentage of uh, 185. 
he's not doing particularly well at the plate. He's not seeing the ball well. I don't know what uh, has caused this, but he's going to have to figure that out, especially if this team is going to make a run. He's a key component, a key cog in this lineup if they're going to make a run and, and put – Put a bunch of games together where they're winning games. He has to. He has to perform at the plate. I agree, and maybe it's just that it's a Nolan for Nolan sacrifice. If you want Nolan Arnado to get hot, then you have to sacrifice the old other <laughs> Nolan we, Gorman. The sacrifices we were just talking about here. You got me. A little <laughs> well, maybe we can bring that up in the rush hour we reset. The, the the stuff that we have discovered more about the submarine. Oh, but you need Nolan Gorman to do better, and it. Maybe it is just a really prolonged slump and he'll work his way out of it because he's gone through that before. It's just he's done so well this season that I think it's a little surprising that it's lasted this long, to your point. Yeah. My bird watch is just something to watch for because a lot of people were freaking out yesterday when you don't see Jordan Walker in the lineup and, and rightfully so because he's a young star and also has the heat the hitting streak going on right now but Ollie Marmol explained that he did not play the game yesterday or that he wasn't in the lineup he's been slowed down because of a cold might also explain why he exited the game a little bit earlier the day before so just something to watch for as we head into London with Jordan Walker J-Dub J-Dub he does have the 13 game hitting streak going on pretty good you can get a couple of days off and prepare for that flight to london how long of a flight is that, is that five hours think about yeah five from, six from between five and DC? six yeah it ain't that bad just another thing too were you guys surprised with the three-man taxi squad of the players that they picked yes or no it's so just if you didn't see it was catcher yvonne herrera jojo romero and james nail no not surprising Hmm. You're only going to have the you have the two days off. You're you using two starters, so you should have a completely rested bullpen. Uh, I guess they know what they know now about Tres Barrera, who is not on the forty man because they had to outright him and Herrera rather than Barrera was already on the forty man, so they're going to utilize him and get a couple of extra arms in there in case you need them. Yeah, yeah I think it's good. And speaking of the starting pitching, we love Adam Wainwright. And I, I still think that Jack Flaherty has a level of ability, uh, a high level of ability. But if you break this series against the Cubs down, unfortunately, the Cardinals come out on the short end of both pitching pairings with Justin Steele starting for the Cubs on Saturday and then Marcus Stroman starting for the Cubs on Sunday. Uh, it, it really does not work out well for the Cardinals. And that's going to be the difficulty in the Cardinals putting together a streak that would propel them back into this race from nine games back. What makes great teams go on runs is great starting pitching. Yes. And the Cardinals starting pitching is not great and it's just not consistent enough. They can have a run like they Mm -hmm. had over the course of this last week, but can they do three weeks of that? I just don't think they're capable of that. And that's what the great teams that the Cardinals have had have been able to do. They spend entire summers pitching well out of the rotation. And I just don't see that happening with this team. And that's my belief, unfortunately, my, my, I think, rational belief as to why they won't be able to go on a run. I feel like everything just circles back to the starting pitching. And I we will give them credit because we mentioned earlier they have kind of caught more of a stride here lately. I believe yesterday, at least going to the game, the Cardinal starters led the National League in innings. And so we keep talking about going deeper into games. Well, they actually are compared to a lot of the other teams in the National League. And then you have Miles Michaelis going seven innings, Jordan Montgomery as well. It 
it just feels like I go back and I think about the Phillies. And even if you look at the teams last season, it seems like every single team that made a deep run in the playoffs had at least a two headed monster Mm -hmm. at the, at the top of their starting rotation. You even look at the Phillies with Wheeler and Aaron Nola. Those were like two automatic wins. You know that they're going to be able to secure a victory for you. Unless Unless. Ryan Helsley blows up in the ninth. Oh, Randy. He well, he's not going to be. Or he take Jose Quintana out in the fifth, sixth. Jordan Hicks will be Wait pitching in the ninth inning. You're talking about something. Oh, okay. Question for you all: mm-hmm. Do you think we talked about Mason Wynn coming up at some point, and we continue to talk about maybe the Cardinals going in a different direction in terms of starting pitching, whether they're buyers or sellers at the at the trade deadline? Um, do you see any other any of those other pitchers coming up, McGreevy? Uh, McGreevy would be the one. And, and, and I don't. Graceffo has been hurt. He's been set back. There's no way he can make it up this year. He can't advance enough. He can't get seasoned enough unless they bring him up as a bullpen arm because he does throw hard and he has really good stuff. But based on performance, and I haven't talked to anybody in, at the Cardinals about how he looks, there's times where a guy can perform well and not look to the specifications that the team wants a.k.a. Jake Woodford at times. So it's possible that McGreevy, while turning in good numbers generally in Memphis, is a guy that they don't want to bring up right now because they don't think he's ready. And by the way, too, I think people were hoping that maybe Dakota Hudson would be a part of the conversation. He's He's not going to be in the conversation. If you haven't kept up with how things have been going with Dakota, has not been going well. He got tagged for an absolute moonshot in the first inning down in Memphis the other day. Yeah, Yeah. I think his greatest success might be if he just goes and buys MLB The Show 2023. Um, Randy, what do you want? Don't, no. Am I wrong? Ah, well, I am I mean, flabbergasted. <laughs> that sounds a bit hard. Trying to make it more positive in life. <laughs> That's more of a bird dropping. Oh, man. Just splat. He's, let me just put it this way. He's ready for the home game. <sighs> Quick question as we're talking about some, some young players who maybe aren't giving us mm-hmm. the positive mm-hmm. we want. Mm-hmm. How different would you be talking about the Cardinals rotation if Libertor had been able to at least repeat what he showed against Milwaukee in that first start and hadn't been now, I guess we're looking at like three or four kind of middling starts for him in a row. Be dramatically different if he was yeah. uh, showing himself to be a number two quality guy. A number one guy gives you seven innings and allows two or fewer runs. Chris Carpenter was a number one guy. At his height, Wayno was a number one guy. The Cardinals do not have a number one guy. Flaherty for half a season and then two months of 2021 was a number one guy. I like what Miles Michaelis has done, but he's just not consistent enough to be a number one. I like uh, Jordan Montgomery's stuff, but he's never been a number one. Again, hasn't shown the consistency or command to be a number one. Uh, Adam Wainwright was. He just isn't anymore. Libertor is not. Steven Matz is not. It's just it's just not there for this group. That and uh, those guys are hard to find. If you're going to get, get them, you got to pay them $40 million a year. And usually when you pay them $40 million a year, as we've seen, they're probably over the hill. So you got to develop a guy. And the Cardinals haven't been able to do that either. They, yeah, they haven't at all. And that's where it, it makes it very intriguing when it comes to Jack Flaherty and what they will do with him moving forward because he is one of those homegrown pitchers. Yeah. Do you let that walk away? Well, he might 
walk away on his own. But we don't know what's going on with those conversations. But it's very clear that what you have right now and even looking into next season, there's definitely some pieces needed. This cannot this is not going to work for next season because you won't even have all those pieces for next season. And one of the things the Cardinals have to keep in mind is what happened with Alcantara, because Sandy Alcantara gained 50 pounds from the time the Cardinals traded him to what he is now or when he won the Cy Young Award last Mm -hmm. year. And Matthew Libertor is on a trajectory where, especially as a left-hander, he has a chance to get much better. And the Cardinals, I think, need to exhibit patience with a guy like Libertor and the rest of their young pitchers. The, the, his first start, I thought I told you all, he did a fantastic job. His his movement was great. He's keeping batters off balance. I, I think he has that in him, and I think he's going to be okay. You know, it's just still it's some learning curves when you're a young player, still figuring some things out. He'll be fine, though. What you want to do is be what Atlanta is. Atlanta is now the model and you bring along young pitchers like freed and Wright, mm-hmm. uh and and then you supplement their their adam wainwright is charlie morton and maybe uh, michaelis will be that guy for the cardinals and at some point hopefully the young pitchers will come along for the cardinals like they did for atlanta all right that's the bird watch on 101 espn coming up the cardinals did fall yesterday we've got our rush hour reset not only what happened yesterday with the cardinals but th- some interesting things going on in the world of sports today including the nba draft we'll talk about that next on 101 espn you're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 espn presented by dobbs tire and auto centers it's time to recap the biggest sports stories of the day on the opening drive with a rush hour reset. Brought to you by Clubhouse Turf, your exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens. We're redefining private golf. Nine oh two in St. Louis. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Jeremy Rutherford joining us in our next segment at nine fifteen. The Cardinals fell to the Nationals yesterday, three nothing. Their starting pitcher Trevor Williams and three relievers combined on a seven hitter. Williams goes six shutout innings, allows five hits, strikes out four, and doesn't walk anybody. The Cardinals only took took two walks on the day, and it really was not a productive day for. Anybody except for Newt, a one-for-three performance for Donnie Baseball. Newt goes two-for-four. Arenado, one-for-three. Gorman, one-for-four, which is nice to see. Dylan Carlson also had a hit. His batting average up to 246 on the year. And Tommy Edmond. Tommy Edmond goes uh, one for three for the Cardinals. Miles Michaelis actually pitched well. Seven innings. He allowed two runs on eight hits, struck out three, and walked one. The Cardinals off today, off tomorrow, and then play in London on Saturday and Sunday against the Chicago Cubs. It, we've seen this team pretty I mean, We've watched it all season so far. We, we are, we, <laughs> we have an understanding, or we think we have an understanding of what this team is. Do you think that there is a possibility that the pitching starts to come around, the hitting starts to come around. Is there is there a real possibility for this team to make a run, in your opinion? Either one of you. I, well, I know Randy's opinion. I don't think so, and I not only throw the pitching in there, but I just think there are so many better teams. They come home and they play Houston and the Yankees. Yeah. It, it, uh, it doesn't get any easier. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't get any easier. I. The thing is, is if they're – if I could see some more consistency from this group where we see in more than one game, and I'm, t- I'm going back to my sweeps and streaks, my mm-hmm. sweeps and streaks, more than one game where we can see this group consistently come together, I would feel a lot more comfortable because we are, it's what is it, June 22nd, and, and yes. we're still wondering about consistency. And 
I hate to point this out, but it is true. It is the Nationals. I want to be very happy and optimistic because I did think that they were able to capitalize with runners in scoring position, but I don't know how much of that is that this is just the Nationals and they're a terrible team. See, my concern is it's it's June, and I'm not ready to give up yet. I'm not ready to... Oh, to, they're a second-half team. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not ready to just say, you know, we're not going to be able to catch the Reds. We won't be able to make a run here in the division. I, I feel like... And I think the Cardinals still feel that way. They they feel like it's going to come around at some point where it's more consistent. We're just, mm-hmm. I don't know when that is. And and part of me feels like what I, I want to believe what I'm watching, which is very inconsistent. But my heart wants to believe that at some point they will become consistent and win more games. Ali Marble actually liked what he saw from the club over the course of the six games in New York and Washington. It was a good series. Um, good trip. Guys are playing extremely well. Um, offensively, our guys, we didn't score today, but our guys actually feel pretty good about where they're at. Um, up and down our lineup, guys are feeling pretty good. And uh, I felt like we fought hard in certain games. We are able to come back in certain games. Our um, Miles today did a really nice job. Jack fought through his outing, got us to the seven. So overall, I felt like uh, certain pieces are starting to come together. You look at it, the outfield play, it's much, much better. Good relay today to get a guy at third. Nice play by Newt, diamond play there. So overall, I feel like there's a lot of things that are happening that are very positive and, and pointing in the right direction as far as the style of play that we're used to seeing and we need to play in order to get to where we want to get to. So um, I take this trip as a positive so far. And I, I think it is a positive. You won four of the six, four out of, you won, went four and two on mm-hmm. that road trip. And so you, you, won a couple of series, something you hadn't done. I'm looking at this Reds schedule, and they have to play Atlanta, and then they have to play, and then they have to go to Baltimore. And then they go to, then they play San Diego. So that that's nine games there where even if you're, you, you could possibly make up a couple of games in the division there. I, I, I mm-hmm. Based on that schedule, it's going to, and then they got to go play at Washington. We already saw what Washington was. So you need to get something, you need to get closer here in the next nine games where the Reds have this little stretch where, you know, even though you're going to be playing Houston and you're going to play, be playing the Yankees yourselves, it's it's somewhat of an opportunity to, to, to make up some of that ground. And I don't like the reliance on that the division is bad and you just hope that that's where things are going to sort itself out. And I know that good teams, of course, like Cream, it will rise to the top. But at the same time, seeing a sense of urgency from this group, seeing a sense of urgency and compete level day in and day out is what we're expecting in the middle of June. And you're almost to July. That's what you want to see from this team, especially if you're in the position of the front office where you're evaluating how you handle the rest of the season moving forward and also planning for next season. Yeah, there's there's a lot to digest for the Cardinals. Meanwhile, the NBA draft is tonight here on 101 ESPN. Coverage starts at 6 p.m. And there's going to be a new superstar in the NBA. We thought Zion Williamson was going to be the new superstar. And now it's going to be Victor Wembenaya. Wem- yeah. Wembenyama. Yeah. There we go. He he is going. There is a unless he gets hurt. Well, Randy, come on. Oh, did you say? On. Did we think Randy. Zion Williamson was going to get hurt? Well, Randy, since when? Are, since when do seven foot five guys built like a light pole get hurt? <laughs> yeah, yeah, all the happen. time. Did you see happen. him throw out the first pitch the other day? How was that? It wasn't. It wasn't great. It was. It was. They don't play a lot of baseball in France. Well, he's a basketball player. France. That's why he's seven five. Yeah. Supposedly. <laughs> Shoot it, and they they they're talking about him. You know, I heard this morning the comparison was defend like Hakeem Olajuwon, shoot like Kevin Durant. 
and it was one more person, one other great that they and something like Dirk Nowitzki, like just a oh. combination of those three players. Unblockable shot, which is amazing to me. So you know, the fanfare for him. I think I still think what LeBron had coming out of high school was greater than this. But this is going to be the. They're they're saying he is potentially the best prospect to ever come into the NBA. Now, wow, doesn't mean he's going to be the best player, but the best, but the best prospect. prospect to ever come in. So you will hear the NBA draft tonight. By the way, the Celtics trading for Chris Stapps Porzingis. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't for them. I don't either. He's hurt all the time. Yeah, Marcus was, Smart goes away. Yeah, you, that was. That, I don't know how that made your team better. Yeah. He's not a guy that. I mean, a couple of years ago, he was. They called him the unicorn. He was. Mm-hmm. You know, outstanding and played well, but he's been injured and hasn't been great no. since since he was in New York. And uh, some radio news: the show that leads into us uh, with Max J. Will, what's it called? Uh, Keyshawn J. Will. He said, "What's it called?" <laughs> yeah, what's it called? Well, it's not around anymore. They 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 have disbanded that show up in Bristol, and that show has been scrapped by ESPN as part of the restructuring of ESPN Radio, and there will be a new morning show. Here on 101 ESPN, but it will not include Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. So probably, if they get a different producer, not as many MJ versus LeBron arguments early in the morning. But I like those. But there's new facts. (laughs) There's new facts. No no new facts. How will this affect LeBron's legacy moving forward? (laughs) How will it? Great question. Hey, question somehow I think asked that ask. question during the finals. <laughs> LeBron didn't play, and they were like, "How does how does Nikola Jokic winning this year affect LeBron's legacy?" Yeah, that's <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, and by the way, in New York, where ESPN owns and operates the station, the uh, the ESPN affiliate up there, they had already taken that show off the air. Oh wow! Oh, in New York. They are, uh, they're scuffling there. Yeah. If your national show doesn't play in one of the big three national markets, probably (laughs) probably a sign of things to come. Mm. And uh, one other note for you kids. What you got, Randy? New York Post headline this morning about the submarine. Mm -hmm. No. Sinking feeling. No. Yeah. Should, should I tell them real quick about what else we discovered about yeah, another possibility? I, 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 that's intriguing. So there's a lot of possibilities when it comes to the submarine. And if you haven't heard about the submarine, where are you right now? And how in the world are you not in all this? Because I feel like it's everywhere, even if I'm not looking for it. So let me find the exact thing right now. The The circumstances are it could have imploded. Mm. Electricity just not working and that's where they lost contact so maybe they froze oh or they're still stuck but everybody is really fixated on the air because the air should be running out but somebody said they have enough air for five people for four days or enough air for one person for 20 days there's five people in this submarine now here's the thing who's who's going to be the person here's the thing if they do find this submarine and there's one person left that would be very troubling. That, yeah, because then you know what happened. Oh my gosh! But only, but only one person knows that. I would assume, and let, I'm sure they don't tell everybody that, do they? I don't think so. So the guy who's manning the ship he with knows. the Nintendo Switch he knows. knows. Oh man, that's that. I, I, I mean, there are so many options. How big was that? Is that uh, submarine? Yeah. How how big is? But it? as big as the door that Rose was on. <laughs> Is that how big? I mean, yeah. based on seeing all of them sit 
in there when you showed me the video. It looks it so uncomfortable. It, it feels like it could have been eaten by a whale. Who knows what's down there in the bottom of the of the ocean? That's a possibility we haven't talked about, That's but we should one. look into. Yeah. I don't think we'll ever find it. That would be best case scenario, right? Because maybe then the whale could just I don't swim think there to safety. There is a best case scenario in this. Implosion. I don't feel like that's great either. Like I, well, I don't. But at least it's it's quick, right? Yeah, it's quick. We were talking about freezing to death and how they say it's a euphoric feeling once you get past the the cold. I, I, how do they know that? How do they know? <laughs> how, how, how do, do you know, know that? Somebody, Who told you that? <laughs> somebody from the six one eight said, "Why do they need to go to the bottom of the ocean for the Titanic? I thought it was in Branson." <laughs> It's also in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, too. So oh, it's man. everywhere. You Here's, don't have to go to the bottom of the Atlantic for that. Here's the thing. If you have 40 hours for five people or 20 days for one people, as <laughs> Carrie's old friend Bart Scott would say, somebody got to die. Somebody, somebody's not going to oh, make God. it, man. <laughs> Here's, the thing. Here's the thing. If one person does come up and is alive... I'm not believing a word they Survival say. Survival of the fittest. That's what it is. I'm not yep. believing a word they say. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't <laughs> argue with you. I, I just be like, I don't know what happened to them. I took very shallow breaths and I was able to hold on. But then when they write the book, tastes like chicken. Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> you don't have to eat them, Randy. They're going to write a book? How do you chiron- write a book? How do you chiron that guy on the oh. name Survivor slash Liar? Oh, man. You, say, you just say, if I did it. Oh. <laughs> you just frame it that way. Coming up, Jeremy Rutherford talking blues draft trades on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. joined by Jeremy Rutherford, our Blues insider from The Athletic, who had a chance to cover Ken Hitchcock's entire Blues coaching career. And boy, was it entertaining and informative. I know that Jeremy Rutherford learned a lot from Ken Hitchcock about the game of hockey. So did I. And Ken Hitchcock just loves the sport. JR, good morning. How are you doing? Good morning, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. And I could probably say that I learned more from uh, Ken Hitchcock than uh, anybody else since I've been covering the Blues going back to uh, early early 2000s. We used to call him the fireside chats. Randy, you probably remember him. He would be at the podium, like on an off day, after practice, talking to the media, answering our questions. And as soon as that wrapped up, he would just pull up a chair and we would create a circle of folding chairs. And the stuff wasn't necessarily off record, but you didn't use it because you knew that Hitch was speaking honestly. And just to give you a taste of it, you know, I remember things like, uh, hey, Hitch, why isn't so-and-so playing on the second line? Because he can't skate. Well, why isn't this other guy playing on the power play? Because he can't shoot. When they find me a guy who can shoot, I'll put him over there. <laughs> he, so he was great. Yeah, And his players learned from him. Some of them didn't take his uh, teachings as well as others. TJ Oshie looking at you. But uh, he was just so into hockey. Remember, uh, JR, I know you, you do remember, he would just wear a gray hoodie that said hockey. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, it was great. I think that somebody brought that up, and uh, and quickly it was changed into into a blues hoodie. But yeah, he was gruff, and he could obviously wear on people, and that's why the shelf life at the certain places that he coached, uh, you know, didn't last too long. I think it lasted longer than even Doug Armstrong thought that it would here in St. Louis. Doug told me that a couple weeks ago, uh, but he definitely wore on people. I do remember one uh, game, I think it was in Winnipeg, he was scratching a veteran player, and the veteran player walked out of the locker room, and I asked him for an interview, and he said, I just want to rip his head off right now. And So this was, uh, Twitter was around, and uh, I remember going to my phone thinking, a veteran player said that he should I tweet this? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) JR, we heard from army yesterday and there's a lot to take away from it, but it really seems like what the blues will do with their first two first, their two first rounders will be really telling as far as their plans to compete sooner rather than later. Was that your takeaway from it? Yeah, I think so. So we talked to him about the number 10 overall pick. He said he's even fielding calls on that one. Uh, He said that uh, he still thinks that they'll make that pick at at number 10. Too expensive to trade up. And while some teams have called about trading down, uh, it would have to be a really good uh, fit for the Blues. And then talking about those two late first-round picks, the ones they got from the O'Reilly and Tarasenko trades, you know, I find this really interesting because there's a lot of talk about the Blues potentially moving one or both of those to find a player who can help them come in and compete right now. And let's just give you an example. Today at The Athletic, uh, they wrote a story. I didn't write this one, but it's a story about perfect trades. And the one that's mentioned for the Blues is Philadelphia's Travis Konechny, 26 years old, scored 31 goals in 60 games last year. He's got two more years left on his deal at $5.5 million. So this coming year and then the year after. And they suggested that maybe the Blues should trade one of those late first-round picks, Brooke, and perhaps a second-round pick throw in that as well for Konechny. Now, when we talked to Doug Armstrong about that, how do you decide whether you're trying to be competitive next year or you're involved in the retool and you realize it's going to take two or three years to be competitive? He said they just have to come to a decision. Is this player going to help our development? Is he going to produce? Is he going to keep us competitive? But at the same time, we like our long-term future, even if we make this deal. That's what these decisions are going to come down to for Doug Armstrong. So using Konechny as an example, that's the type of uh, you know questions that Doug Armstrong is going to have to answer. JR, we talked a lot about the Blues' defense last year and whether it was the offense, the centers, and the forwards helping back on defense, or whether it was the defensemen. What type of task uh, is, is Mike Weber challenged with to make sure that this defense is sound all season long? Yeah, Kerry, so I think that uh, the Blues' top four defense did not play well last year. You know, understatement of the year right there. Uh, I think they can play better. Do we expect them all four to play leaps and bounds better? And this defense is going to be great this year. You know, I, I don't think that that's the case. But what Mike Weber can do, and when I called people and talked to them about Mike Weber, they said he drips passion. He gets the most energy, enthusiasm, and, and just willingness to, to, to play to win uh, from a lot of coaches that they've seen. And so I think when you look at the Blues defense and you listen to what Craig Bruby said at the end of last season, that's exactly what he said. He said, you know, we didn't do the things that we needed to do to win. So forget X's and O's, forget structure. We're talking about blocking shots. We're talking about racing the pucks. We're, we're talking about coming out of the corner with pucks. The Blues defense didn't do that last year. So while I'm not sitting here, Kerry, and telling you the defense is just going to be you know, tremendous this year. That's not the case. You know, I think Mike Weber can bring out that element that was lacking last season. What should fans that expect a move, big or small, expect? 
Yeah, you know, I, I, it's hard because, um, you know, you go into these drafts and there's a lot of hype, there's a lot of talk, and I've gotten caught up in it, Randy, over the years where you say, I think the Blues are going to make a really big splash and, you know, people are going to be excited. And then I'm sitting there twirling my pen at the draft board and, and, and just wondering, you know, are they going to do anything? And, you know, sometimes vice versa. You don't expect anything, and all of a sudden they trade Yori Letera and two first-round picks to Philadelphia for Braden Chen. So it goes both ways. You know, but I would think based on what we heard from Doug Armstrong yesterday, he's going to do his due diligence. He's already done a lot of it. He's got a lot of people, I'm sure, on speed dial so that when he sees something that's going to make this team either competitive next year and, 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 and hold that balance of keeping the future protected, you know, he's going to make that move. And, and whether that's a big trade at the draft you know, next week or, or whether that's you know, holding off and just kind of making the picks, it's hard to say right now, to be honest with you. I just know that that's what he's fighting. He said yesterday his exact words were, we're serving two masters. We're trying to be competitive. We're also trying to look ahead to that future. Do you think there's a world where Army already has an idea of what he's doing? He's just keeping the cards close to his vest? Yeah, probably a pretty good idea of what he wants to do. But what I've learned over the years, Kerry, is that uh, what Doug says is true. Mm-hmm. is that this is a deadline league. And even though you've got a lot of situations that are probably, let's just say, uh, you know, 80% talked out and thought out and planned, you know, other GMs just aren't willing to pull the trigger until you get to the day before the draft or the draft. So, you know, they talked about the Ryan O'Reilly trade in 2018 at the draft, and it didn't come to fruition and they left the draft not knowing if it was going to get done. And a week later, the start of free agency, uh, they get it done on that day. So even though things are planned out, I think that what it takes is to get to that draft day. For another team, let's just use Konechny and Philadelphia as an example. Maybe Philadelphia calls back and says, Doug, we really want that first-round pick, number 25. We also want a second-round pick. Do you want to do it? So they might have you know, already had those conversations, but it kind of takes until that day to know if these are going to come to fruition. What are your thoughts on Mitchkov? I know that Army was talking about that yesterday when it comes to evaluating Russian players, and it doesn't seem like he has any apprehension, but that it's been harder to evaluate because of the political unrest. Yeah, that's the thing. So, you know, in in years past, let's just say Tarasenko, you uh, you had a situation where you could have Doug Armstrong or whomever, Yarmo Kekalainen, fly to uh, Russia and watch Tarasenko play in the KHL, but that's just not been the case the past couple of years, you know, not just with uh, COVID, but obviously the invasion of Ukraine too, everything shut down and they didn't invite Russia to a lot of these tournaments that uh, he would play in. So there have been limited viewings and Doug Armstrong seemed pretty honest yesterday when he was saying that those, the lack of live viewings takes away from your ability to evaluate a guy like him. So, so, you know, there's been so much talk about him. Uh, I think everybody likes uh, the possibility of uh, Mikov going in that top four, top five, somewhere in there. But if he were to fall to six or seven, do the Blues trade up? If he's there at number 10, you know, if teams are calling the Blues, trying to trade up to get him, I think it's a situation where Doug Armstrong yesterday said we just haven't seen him enough. So I, I don't know that they'd pick him right now if he were available to them. JR, great stuff. Are you headed to Nashville for the draft? Yeah, we're going to leave uh, on Monday and be down there all week. So uh, coverage at The Athletic, and I know uh, 101 as well, will be down there with Alex and Tanner and bringing it all to you. Absolutely, and we'll have you on from Nashville and, and Draft Week. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot, guys.
That's Jeremy Rutherford, our Blues insider from The Athletic. And as JR mentioned, Alex Ferrario is headed to Nashville to report live from the NHL draft. Blues have the 10th overall pick, and you can tune in Wednesday night starting at 6 p.m. as Alex will be on site from Bridgestone Arena for a special NHL Draft live show. He'll be talking to special guests and covering everything that's happening at this year's NHL Draft. That's this coming Wednesday night, Alex Ferrario live from Nashville starting at 6 here on 101 ESPN. The NHL Draft show brought to you by Swiss Air Heating and Cooling. Next up here on 101 ESPN, a little game called Gold or Fold. Have the Cardinals shown you enough to make you think they have a chance at the playoffs? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. The Cardinals do not have a number one guy. Flaherty for half a season. I like what Miles Michaelis has done, but he's just not consistent enough. I like uh, Jordan Montgomery's stuff. But he's never been a number one. Again, hasn't shown the consistency or command. It's just, it's just not there for this group. That, and uh, those guys are hard to find. If you're going to get them, you got to pay them forty million a year. And usually, when you pay them forty million a year, as we've seen, they're probably over the hill. So you got to develop a guy. And the Cardinals haven't been able to do that either. When teams win a lot of games in Major League Baseball, they do it historically on the arms of starting pitching. The Cardinals starting pitchers this year have averaged a little over five innings a start. Michaelis, for what we have seen over the course of the last couple months, is still four and five with a 4.23 earned run average. Montgomery is four and seven with a 3.69. Has not gotten reasonable run support from his teammates. Jack Flaherty, four and five with a 4.95. Steven Matt's not in the rotation anymore. Oh, and seven with a 5.49. Then you have Wayno, who goes into Saturday's start with a 5.56 ERA in his eight starts. He's at least three and one on the season. He's given the team an opportunity to win. And then Jake Woodford, one and two in his six starts with a 5.67 ERA. We are now at a point where you have a pretty good idea of what the team is. They've played 75 games, and I I don't believe that this starting pitching, especially based on their history, Adam Wainwright was great when he was in his early and mid-30s, but he's not the same guy. Michaelis has had one great year. Jordan Montgomery has been good at times, but generally in his career has been inconsistent. Steven Matz had one good year. I just don't see where we can reasonably expect this starting rotation to come around and be a group that has the Cardinals go on a, a 23-7 and seven run that would propel them into playoff contention. I mean, that's where it's going to have to start at. It's going to have to be the starting pitching, starting pitching and they, they're going to have to perform at a level. I, I think the last few starts we've seen, as I said, if you can get us into six innings, into the sixth inning, into the seventh inning, you're, you're doing okay. But now the offense has to, it has to be a, a collective group, a collective effort from, from the entire group where everyone is working together. Yesterday, the offense didn't show up. And so now you get a pretty decent start from Miles Michaelis, but you don't score any runs. And, and that's really been the, the, the picture of the St. Louis Cardinals all season long. Even Wayno said it. When we're hitting well, we're not we're not pitching well. When we're pitching well, we're not hitting well. When we're doing both, we're not fielding well. So, figuring out how to get all of those you know people and all those parts of the game to to be collectively playing as well, playing together at the same time, 
I don't know what the answer is for that. You know, I, I, and you could say, okay, yesterday was just one game. They won four out of the six that they played out there. That's great. But the way that the Reds are playing, winning 11 in a row, the way that everyone else around you is playing, you're at the bottom of the division. You don't have an opportunity to let games slip away when you're playing a team like the Nationals and you just beat them two times. So gold or fold on the Cardinals? <sighs> I'm fold, obviously. Yeah, I'm not ready to fold yet. Okay. I'm going to – I'm still gold. Proud of you? I'm, I'm holding on with my thread, though. Relentless right. optimism is a great thing. <laughs> it's I, who I am. And Lars, I want to be optimistic. <laughs> Lars Newbar's throwing people out left, right, and center. Come on now. Okay. All uh, right. <laughs> as the nutty – as the fan president of the oh, nutty man. neuters of Newt Nation fan mm-hmm. club, we are very excited about his return, but I've also been very realistic in the way of knowing – and how many times did we say this, too – just even getting those outfield pieces back, we know that that's not going to solve all the problems. I think it helps a lot defensively having a more secure outfield guys that you were expecting to have out there, but that's not what's going to solve the problem. The problem to what you're saying, CD and Randy, everything always goes back to starting pitching. It was a concern going into the season, and it's still a big question mark here, June 22nd. I think that says a lot. And I will give them credit for how they have performed lately. That is fantastic. But I think we're all fully aware that this is not a good enough starting rotation where you feel secure enough where they could make, if they did make to the playoffs, where they would have a deep enough run. And as we noted earlier, if the Cardinals would go on a 17-game winning streak, which has happened before, the Reds would only need to go 8-9 and nine in the division to have the Cardinals tie them. And that doesn't even include the Brewers and the Cubs, who are both within striking distance of first place in the in the central division. So even if the Cardinals go on an extended run, it's probably fool's gold to think that they're going to be able to utilize anything if they go on that run. Well, uh, well you got to find that guy. I mean, you hopefully you would like to have two of those guys mm-hmm. in the starting rotation, but who is who is the guy that's going to say, "Okay, I'm going to be the guy that shuts that, everything down and when I'm pitching on my night, I know we're going to win this game." Who is that person in this Cardinals rotation right now? Not in the rotation, not in the organization right now at Memphis. Tommy Parsons has the most starts, 6.57 earned run average. Dakota Hudson, 5.57. Michael mm-hmm. McGreevy, 5-1, and one, but with an earned run average of 4 in 10 starts. Connor Thomas, 10 starts, 4-3 and three with a 5.73. And then Matthew Libertor is already up here. Uh, 7 starts for Zach Thompson, an 8.64 earned run average. And then Gordon Graceffo, injured most of the year, 5 starts, has a 4.50. So the production at Memphis among starting pitching isn't there. So it's hard to imagine that the Cardinals, whether from there or from here, are going to be able to put things together. How did they get to this situation? Um, I just, how did they get here? Mike pitching Maddox philosophy. Left. Okay. Pitching philosophy. Mm-hmm. The pitching philosophy moving forward, I believe, needs to change. The pitch to contact, that, that whole philosophy might need to change moving forward. Because if we're talking about trends, if we're wanting to stay ahead of the trends, Maybe that's a trend that's not working out, or it's behind the times in a lot of ways. Pitch to contact, not with the four-seamer. Don't pitch high to contact. Pitch low to contact to get people to pound the ball into the ground and take advantage of a great defensive infield. And they're supposed to be a ground ball staff. They are. it's been more of a fly ball staff this season. I mean, Wayno talked about it on Wednesday. He, he gave a situation of, you know, 
last year when, or, or, or I think he said 2021, where he kind of gave a guy a pitch that was hittable because he knew I have Arenado, I have Goldschmidt, I have Harrison Bader. I, you know, he said whoever was playing shortstop was playing good ball. I knew that as long as I gave him a pitch to hit, that no matter where it was on the field, my defense is going to get to it. And it changed his mindset. I, I got to imagine, you know, with, with some of these guys that, how they could pitch in the second half or how they could pitch in July as opposed to May could be very much affected by the, having some confidence behind them, you know, again. Absolutely. That is, uh, but let's, uh, Brooke, did you say fold or gold? Fold. No. I've got fold. Carries for gold. I'm still gold. Matthew? Randy, Golden. Uh, Willie Mays and Hannes Wagner on a roster? It's yeah. gold, baby. It's gold. Not Willie Mays, Mickey Mantle. Sorry, Mickey Mantle and Hannes yes. Wagner. On the same okay. roster, it's gold, baby. Coming up, we've got rock and roll and we've got tickets to join us. Us, we're uh, we're ne'er do wells, but we'll be at patios on Saturday for watching the Cardinals <laughs> in London, and we're going to give you an opportunity to join us next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock! Let's rock today. her mind from uh, fold to gold. I just wanted to elaborate on something real quick because we were talking about this being a pitch to contact staff and another reason why I was bringing up maybe the change in philosophy and it being behind the times. What do you guys think is the priority for the Cardinals this season? Is it defense or power offensively? Their priority is power, clearly by the signing of Wilson Contreras, right? It's not defense, it's power. It's power. And so moving forward, it seems like that is the plan for them offensively is to just out slug teams. But their pitching philosophy seems a little dated in the way that you have the pitch of contact. You're hoping the guys behind you will be able to do what they typically have been able to do in past years. But the priority hasn't been defense. So that feels like where, once again, going back, everything going back to starting pitching and the pitching staff, if the philosophy, if that philosophy is not aligning where it's built, the pitching staff is built to rely on good defense, but the priority isn't defense right now for the Cardinals. It's offense and power and out slugging. This is where it feels like we're seeing this shift with the Cardinals this season and where things are coming to a head. I think they thought they could get by and they made a big mistake in thinking DeYoung could rebound, right? They spent the offseason thinking, yes. well, we're, we're going to give DeYoung one more chance. And they thought that they were, and, and by the way, I don't think they really anticipated the injuries in the outfield because that is a pretty good opening day defensive outfield. When you have O'Neill, Gold Glover, Dylan Carlson, potential Gold Glover, Lars Zubar, excellent right fielder, potential center fielder. So you have three center fielders in the outfield and they all get hurt. And then you think you're going to have DeYoung for the whole season at short. He has the bad back. How long did he have that? Uh, about a week back. No. And then he finally came back. <laughs> so you have Arenado, plat- platinum glove winner, 10 time Gold Glover, uh, Paul DeYoung, Gold Glove quality shortstop, Tommy Ebbing, Gold Glover, Goldie at first. And so they thought they could get by with the less than stellar defensive catcher. Five gold and then we didn't even mention Donnie Baseball, who was the utility gold glover last year. So what they thought they were going to have and what they have had are two different things. And this is not to defend them, but that's just the reality of the situation. They didn't anticipate that they were gonna have to play Gorman at second, and Gorman is okay. He's not Tommy Edmond at second base. They certainly didn't anticipate that they were going to have an outfield minus O'Neill, Carlson, and Newbar, all three. You can figure you're going to miss one of them. But but they were thinking, okay, we've got a home ballpark. 
that is hard to hit home runs in, and we've got a great defensive infield. We want a ground ball pitching staff. They still hit. They're still a ground ball pitching staff. The problem is the fly balls are dropping, and the ground balls are getting through because it's not the defense that they expected to have. Yes. Uh, Rocco, you brought up a good point, too, of what you found statistically. Yeah, when you look at their BABIP, which obviously is the is is the a way to see how many balls are essentially getting through. Batting average on balls in play. Essentially. And the league average is is usually right around 300. Specifically this year, the league average is 301. The Cardinals pitchers as an entire staff are letting up a BABIP of 327. So obviously a lot higher there. And specifically, if you look at the Cardinals starters and their specific BABIPs, Jack Flaherty, 358. Jake Woodford, 345. Adam Wainwright, 344. Miles Michaelis, 321. Jordan Montgomery, 319. My, uh, Matthew Libertor, three thirteen. That is, that I mean, some people might not like analytics, but that's a perfect one to show you that these guys are getting hurt by a bad defense. And they aren't bottom line. And it's not errors; they just aren't getting to balls, and that is troubling. That's uh, that's a good analytic. I, I'm I'm okay with that analytic as, as long as it supports my theory. And they haven't been and they haven't <laughs> been playing well at home. They haven't been playing well at home this season. Uh, yeah, no, that's, been, that's, that's been a big factor. They ain't as well. been playing well anywhere. <laughs> No. Hey, maybe yeah. London. Maybe <laughs> London will be different. Yeah, maybe they'll be the first team. A does Devil Magic? Tea. Does Devil Magic cross the pond? I think Devil Magic has been transferred to Los Angeles. Mm. Oh, they have a Dodger. Oh, you got Freddie Freeman. Okay. The Dodgers have all these guys that you're going to get to the playoffs, and they're going to be playing for the Dodgers, and you're going to say, "Who's that?" Why is LA stealing our things again? Yep, I don't know. I don't, they just have a tendency to do they that. They seem to be so happy off there in, in their own little world. Yeah. And then they're coming for our things. Yeah, they are. Hey, guys, did you know that uh, we're going to be over at Patio's on Saturday? Yes. Yeah. We're there for the buffet. Looking forward to it. Yeah, the buffet's going to be awesome. We're going to uh, host the Big League Impact Cardinals in London watch party. And we want you to join us. Go to bigleagueimpact.org to buy tickets for 25 bucks, Or you can get them for 30 bucks at the door. Doors open at 1030. And you will have the buffet. It's going to have ballpark food. They're going to have nachos. I'm just going to get a big old plate of nachos. What is traditional British food? I feel like we should have that. Uh, fish and, and chips. Fish and oh. chips? Yep. Okay. Bangers and mash. You know, I think we need more Long John Beans Silvers in the St. Louis metro. <laughs> no, area. we don't. No, no. God, I'm glad, Randy, that you're you're not you're not afraid to be honest about being one of the people who eats there. I love it. And I always actually don't mind. I'm ashamed of the fact that I love is that good? place. It's I love that place. Good. It's the breading good. is fantastic. Yeah. It's pretty good. I have, I have never been. Oh, it's, it, never. How never. You, you got to check it out. It's you. never busy, so I I don't go places where they're not busy because <laughs> no. that always concerns me. But there are always there are a lot of them. There are. There you go. That lets you know. Never Everything seen anybody there. If I could just go there and order their deep fried breading, I'd take it. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. I'm with Randy on this yep. one. That sounds weird, but it's completely. Yep. It's the most accurate statement we've said yeah. today. So, just, okay, anyway. maybe I'll give it a try. Popcorn shrimp? Do they have that? Yep. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they do. The Redbirds are headed to London to take on the Cubs, and you can watch the game this Saturday afternoon at Patios with us. Enjoy a fun-filled afternoon featuring trivia, games, your chance at an autographed item or two, and more. All hosted by Carrie Brook. Matthew and I. Proceeds support Big League Impact. Get more details on Big League Impact's Cardinals in London Watch Party now at 101 ESPN, and we can get you a pair of tickets for the watch party on Saturday. All you need to do is answer uh, 
Matthew, who's been coming up with stellar trivia questions. I got all four right today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can answer Anthony, uh, Matthew's uh, trivia question, then uh, you're coming with us. We've actually picked a winner, Randy. I did, I did a little oh, stealth, did already. I did okay, a stealth prize in today's show. Huh? If you were just uh, if you were cool about certain comments, uh, about certain conversations we had I'm on today's you. show, uh, you're, you're going to be cool hanging out with us on Saturday, and that's how the determination was made. There is oh, nothing right. wrong with having a rather dark sense of humor. The best humor Randy. makes people uncomfortable makes people that are in an audience for a stand-up go <laughs> but then you laugh but then you laugh and you but think he's not really wrong funny. though <laughs> so that's what we've been doing i and, like deep dark humor and you know what oh, um, Brookie! Randy, Brooke. <laughs> i'm so used to saying randy I'm saying randy instead of brooke, brooke. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did here's there. the thing okay if the people in the submarine are listening, they have our sincerest apologies. We're praying for you. We are. And we also will say, Carrie, how many waivers did they sign? About four or five of them. You signed that, up for that, it. That told you that death could be imminent. It, it was a, a potential that death was on the list of things that could happen to you. And, guys... Perhaps the most viewed movie. And you of, paid for it. Here's, yeah, and, and perhaps the most viewed movie of all time is Titanic. The Titanic. Why are you spending money to go thirteen thousand feet under the water for something that you can get on Netflix right now? Oh man, and, and they don't even have a window to look out of, Randy. Yeah, they're looking on a screen. They're peeing in a bottle. <laughs> I'm a I, don't. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say genie in a bottle, but in a bottle. <laughs> uh, great job today by our producer and audio engineer, Matthew Rocchio. Pleasure. Uh, Brooke, you, you make this fun. I appreciate your I, sense of humor. I do. And now I'm going to apparently get tacos and chicken at Long John Silver's. Those are there the recommendations. Go. I didn't know tacos. I, I just I, look I at them. They I do. Would, look I, at these tacos. I, I, I wouldn't do that. But they have, yeah. I yeah, love I, 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 fish tacos. I don't know. Take that I would do. chicken oh, okay. is good, though. You can get the family Deep feast friend. or whatever. Yeah. And it's good. I sometimes, well, back in the day, I don't do it anymore. <laughs> uh, I would go in and buy the family feast for myself. <laughs> right now, we don't, we're not good. Just being real. Yeah. Hey, we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. Have a great Friday Eve, everybody. And until tomorrow morning at 7, have a great day, St. Louis. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.